If you or someone you know needs help finding abortion health care services, go to abortionfunds.org or abortionfinder.org. This storm will kill you. It makes no difference which one of us you vote for. Either way, your planet is doomed. You're listening to the Our Take Podcast with Brian Sherman. He had a full head, you know, all the way till the end. It was white, and I was hoping to get that. I was hoping to get, like, the full head, and uh, it was really hard to cut it off. And Spencer Rogers. To be a good pilot, you have to be able to make good decisions. I know what my credit score is, so I know I don't make good decisions. This is the Our Take Podcast. From Scary Parrot Media Studios in Ogden, Utah, it's the Arctic Podcast, episode 129. I'm Brian. Uh, I'm Spencer. That's well, a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. That's Welcome to the me show. Off guard there for some reason. <laughs> Find us at the Arctic Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or thearcticpodcast.com. Do you remember, though, when we were starting off and we were doing them like three or four times a week? Yeah. And then we were like twice a week and then once a week and then like maybe. <laughs> so I know we have people who like them often. Yeah. But then I was talking to Kurt, yeah, and he's like, you know, it was hard to keep up, right? So I'm like, but you don't have to listen. Our, it's not a story. Well, so you don't have to. Some listen of them to are them so order. long that you can kind of. Well, and the only thing that's we talk about relevant topics, but it's not like mm, that's true. You don't have to listen to them in any sort of order. But I remember at one point we're like, well, let's get like 200 episodes, and then we can start advertising, and you know, we can really. <laughs> Yeah. Get, get those episodes behind us and hear what five years later we're still. <laughs> we just didn't need. Has it been five years? It's four been years? four years this this fall. We didn't need advertising though. It just took off on its yeah, own. Uh, the hundreds you know? and thousands. The four point five million. We're, yeah, we're four point five. That watched that six. one video on TikTok and also <laughs> the twenty eight that watched our most recent one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, TikTok has its own flavors. Okay. Uh, People did not like the mushroom video. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. I did too. You got to get to the end, I guess. Uh, it's June 24th, by the way, on this day in history. You know, sometimes America takes small steps towards things. <laughs> sometimes America takes big steps towards things. On this day in history, America took a big step step towards becoming Gilead <laughs> with the overturning of Roe v. Wade oh, today. Oh, come on. That's, that's not fair. You're going to put this day in history as today. It we got to wait like 20 no, years no, no. when it we're is on a episode day in 150. 49 years of precedent just... <laughs> We're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, in 2002, Africa's worst ever train disaster kills 281 people. Always so cheery. A crash occurred in <laughs> Tanzania uh, when a passenger train with some 1,200 passengers rolled back down Igandu Hill after its brakes had failed. Oh, shit. That's scary, man. You know, trains are way more dangerous than airplanes. Oh, way. And you think, like, why? They're on a track. They go like a finite speed. They that, don't, there's not like a lot of room for. Normally, you know? it's like <laughs> normally it's human error. Like you know, someone at the traffic center like accidentally didn't put the track facing the right way. Right, or, right. This is like the like, brakes failed. I feel like trains should be so automated that there should never be. Why is there even a dude in there? Right, it's just for jobs. Like, I guess when they take a turn, they should never. There should not be a guy in there that has to slow it down. It should just slow <laughs> itself down. It should just know. I mean, airplanes can do that kind of crap. It's why like a roller coaster. Why can't they? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, and, okay, here's something happier. Kind of. It's happy. In 1901, Pablo Picasso opens his first ex- exhibition. The 18-year-old Spanish artist was featured for the first time in Ambrose Volyard's Gallery in 6 Rue Lafitte in Paris. 
Neither of the two art critics that visited the show thought much about the works. Picasso went on to become one of the most influential artists of all time. Was he, I mean, obviously he had an exhibition, but did he die relatively well known? <laughs> like, you know how most artists, I think I he was know. well known even when he died. Because I think he died in like Are the Are there 50s. any like super famous painters right now? Like Picasso level? Like, like, uh. You know, you got all, all all painters are escaping my head right now. <laughs> Picasso and Van Gogh. Van Gogh. You gotta. You have to be careful with that because in college I took a music class. Mm. It was intro to. Yes, yeah, I, sl- I literally slept in that class. Music. The first day, the teacher. She wasn't a professor. The teacher was like, "If you haven't been listening to classical music your whole life, you're going to struggle in this class." It's like, well, what? It's intro. Anyway, I digress. The last, the end, like the last test was kind of an essay about um, one of your favorite older composers, Mozart, Beethoven, whatever. Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. So I wrote, uh, I wrote something, and I ended it with something like, and this is why we'll never have another Mozart. Mm. You know? And she, she critiqued that. that. She's like, there are people alive today who are amazing. I'm like, look, okay, you know? John, should they write it for movies? Do we have any like contemporary? I'm sure you there know, are. It's the just you're not of, in that the world. The kind of music people don't write. I don't know. That's kind of tricky. I think John do, Williams yeah. writes a score, right? And right. a score, it, it's compri- comprised of like twenty or you know fifteen or twenty different songs. Some of them repeat themselves. Some of them work each other into each other, but they're all pretty right. short. You know, you go back and listen to like Tchaikovsky and Beethoven, those things are like hours long. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're super yeah. long. Some of it's boring. Some of it's, you know, like the eighteen twelve overture, that's that's my jam. Sure. It's fifteen minutes long. And I like Takes to listen a lot to the to whole thing. Yeah. Because you can listen to the just the, the the end. There's a there's a part where you can catch on right there. Right. And listen to the last five minutes. Which is what most people hear. But the build up to it, it's there's there's a lot of it's right. good. It's it's yeah. you know, I I don't know. It's true. I mean, you know, you Google it, you're just you're not in that world. There's just too many but of us now. John Williams is. I love John Williams. I, right. li- I I have tons of his stuff, but I don't know if it's. There's only like. I mean, he does. He does. I don't know. I I'm don't sure know. that his music would be fun to listen to, but would it be as fun or moving if it wasn't reminding you that's of a, the movie? That's a. And I mean, that I, is like a I tricky said, question. I think some of them you could. That's a tricky question. Like, would you listen to? Jaws, <laughs> right? Or I don't know. That's you know, Superman. That's like, something we'll just never know. I yeah. would be interested to know what it would be like if Beethoven was alive and he scored. If he a was movie. writing scores, <laughs> right? It'd be intense, man. <laughs> they sh- if go back in time, listen, Bay. Can I call you Bay or Beethoven, please? <laughs> I'm going to need you to watch this. Oh my stars! What is this sorcery? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to need to turn the volume up on the score. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. just like, right. <laughs> just overloads the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, one thing I don't like about the really classical music, because I don't, I just like good recordings of things, and there's just not a lot of. It's hard, you know. There are so many different recordings. Now, there are. So you have to find the right group, right? Like the the London you Philharmonic. Do. Some or... some people like I was actually I was listening to the eighteen twelve order just a few days ago because I wanted to cry and. Then... <laughs> He needed to get one out. It does weird things to me. Right. And uh, I started listening to this one. I was like, oh, what is this shit? This is garbage. (laughs) Fuck you. Somebody somebody did it on like a synth. Some (laughs) crappy high school band or something. Right. 
That's and then you know <laughs> composer or like not comp- conductors will put their own spin on it. Oh know? yeah. I will say this. I what I dude, what's that famous violinist name? Uh, uh he's still alive and uh, he's a yo, conductor. Um that's, that really bugs me that I don't know his name. Andre Rue. Andre Rue. That's not who I was thinking. Um, he, he's a conductor and a, and a violinist. Mm-hmm. And there, I go often to YouTube to find um, a piece he plays that was written by the Anthony Hopkins. Really? Sir Anthony Hopkins. It's like a... The actor? Yeah, it's like a huh. waltz. It's mm. beautiful. Mm. It's a cool waltz. And he's in the crowd, you know, and he's just like singing along like he knows it. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, what is that called? Anthony... Do you... uh? Hopkins you know how they bring in uh, guest conductors for things, right? Yeah. Do uh, do they really need the conductor? Because I feel like I've talked to some musicians not, and they're just like, not oh, once they've learned. Kinda, he's just kind of there. Yeah. To, not once you've learned what the conductor wants. They're not watching him. They're watching. Right. Him. He's just up there like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's called "The Waltz Goes On" by uh, Anthony Hopkins. But so, I will say this: having been in a band in high yeah, school, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you once you learn exactly what it is the conductor wants, sure, there are cues if the music slows down or something like that. You certainly don't need dynamic cues, um, or if it's just all the same tempo, you don't necessarily need him all the time. Which you'll see like a conductor do, like in a jazz band, for example, right? You know, think of Whiplash, they kind of right. count them off and then just walk away, right? Right? So, um, but they do have their own flair, their own flavor that they bring to it. But once you once you have it down, you have it down. Speaking of uh, jazz and uh, not quite flavor <laughs> and terrible and whatever, uh, you're a, yeah, a fan of the Utah Jazz. What do you think about their new uniforms? Because it's been a hotly uh, debated topic. I don't know why it's debated. They're awful. Yeah, they they're, are. They're awful. They are pretty. Uh, they're pretty ugly. There's, okay, so my first my first thought. I saw the tweet. So I watched the video. And actually, no, I read the article first. When you see Jordan Clarkson faking it, oh, like these <laughs> these are so cool. I read the these article are the first. the greatest things I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, they're bringing the Purple Mountains back. Not my favorite. Yeah. It is from my childhood, it's like 1997. All uniforms from the 90s are terrible, period. I don't. So, <laughs> so I saw the Purple Mountains and I was like, I know people kind of like this. Then I kept scrolling and I saw the yellow and black. I. Th- for, I'm being dead serious. I thought they were junior jazz jerseys. <laughs> like I thought they were for kids. They did look. They look like the, the only thing that I was the like cheapest. Like you go to the sports store and you're like, I need ten jerseys. <laughs> uh, Random we've numbers. Got these, we've got these extra shitty numbers. Right. Just, yeah. Just iron them on. It's fine. Yeah. I, I I was like the only thing that gave it away to me was like, well, there's no sponsors, <laughs> so it can't be junior <laughs> jazz jerseys. But that's what I thought they were. I did see next not. No, so not this coming season, but the season after. They apparently have a different Purple Mountain one that looks a little bit cooler. And apparently they're going to evolve with time. Yeah, but isn't the Purple Mountain one just supposed to be like a spe- like a like the city jersey sort of, where it's just a specialty? Well, I don't know what the NBA is doing anymore, right? Because yeah, there was the city jersey. <laughs> <It is> just- <laughs> They were supposed to be like special occasions, and right. then the teams were like, "F that, we're gonna wear these Just whenever wear them, we want." Wear, yeah, it's like there's because now it's what do they call them? The the remix, right? Is at least what Ryan Smith's called, what the Jazz are calling them, right? Right. I I don't know. I think they're ugly. Hopefully, they just evolve though. I just don't understand why you're gonna completely go away from your branding totally with black and yellow. Yellow, I guess, is but then bring, is but then bring back the, bring back purple though. That's what I think. Like, purple is just a, it's a retro throwback that they just the, wear whenever they. I think the original colors were purple, gold, and green. I think. Yeah. I could be mistaken, but my, my favorite are green, 
or the really old jazz. Like, if they were gonna do all this, they should have just rebranded the whole team. <laughs> Call them the bees. They can't the think buzz. of a, they can't think of a Utah name. The, man. Well, they're doing black and yellow bees. Maybe Beehive that's, State. Maybe that's what he's planning on. I maybe. I did see a future jersey because it's it's a note, right? Like a musical note, yeah. the jazz logo. I saw one that they they took the ball out and made it look like an actual music note. And someone was like, "Why'd they make it look like a note?" I'm like, "Did you not know? <laughs> did you not know it's been a note this whole time? It's just <laughs> what, been." What did they think it was? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a ball and a swish. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was just a mark. I didn't really think about it before. But yeah, they're like, why'd they make they, it a real they jazz They missed the whole note? take note campaign. Yeah, they're like, I guess, there's, whatever. There's notes in jazz? <laughs> I just saw the billboard. They're like, yeah, take what note. What does jazz have to do with a note? <laughs> I don't I don't see the correlation. You don't read music and jazz? I thought they were called the jazz because of Utah's jazzy mountains. They were jazzy and pretty. <laughs> like, they're just, you know, jazz. Jazz. All the jazz in Utah. No, yeah. Is there a single jazz club in the entire state? No. We have dueling pianos. I think they closed that during Rona. Oh, really? There were two the of them. Ta- that there was ta- the Tavernacle. The Tavernacle, I think, and is then the there one was that closed. Keys on Main. That one They're both fun. Around. They're really fun. Jazz clubs? I don't think so. No. The most jazz Utah had was, you know why? was da- what's his name? Does Mike Smith on. Jazz is terrible. <laughs> Mike Smith on NPR every night at midnight oh. would start <laughs> would play jazz from records. Did he? <laughs> that was my. I don't even know if they do that anymore. That was the fix, though. Uh, well, speaking of the new uniforms and how ugly they are, I got my ass stabbed today again. A- stab assed. Yeah, <laughs> I walked up. I. Fr- Is this for your back? Yeah, I got my second round of Is shots in my back. Uh, so the last time the doctor told me, "Hey, you're gonna this." Is- this isn't going to do that much. Like, the first round is going to be super temporary. That's how they get you back. That's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the doctor, and it actually you know, he's, takes he's charging me $760 per, per time. It'll but, take you two years to really notice any difference. Yeah. And so today, the injections hurt a hell of a lot more than they did last time. That's interesting. But it already feels better than it did last time. Did he tell you they were going to hurt worse? No. Did he nick a nerve again? Yes. Really? Okay. I kind of feel like maybe he's injecting it into the nerve. <laughs> I don't know if that was actually the plan. Yeah. But <laughs> did I nick a nerve? Not yet. Okay, hang on. It, Let me it, get back in there. It hurt bad. And uh but like it feels better than it did a few hours after last time. So, I don't know. So, but if I do you have it, to go in could for you one compare more the round. pain to your your chronic pain to 2 days ago till now? So is it better now than it was? The pain days that ago? I was feeling was reminiscent to when, uh, back in October, when it was unbearable. When when like he was it injecting was, you, it was it was weird. It was like my leg was seizing up, and I could just feel this bur- this crazy sensation in my nerve. Yeah, and my nu- muscles were tensed up like crazy. And uh, so it's like when you injured it. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It while felt he was like injecting. the few days that I almost wanted to pee the bed. It hurt so bad. Yeah. But then it was after you know it was fine. But interesting. Uh, so now it feels good though. But well, now it feels a lot better than it did. So one to ten. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, ten being childbirth <laughs> or a big poop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was pregnant. Uh, it only hurts like a f- three or four right now. It's right. totally manageable. I'm I'm not gonna go on like a run or anything. What uh, <laughs> is it supposed to go even lower as you continue? I think to get so. These? I think so. I hope so. I only have to get one more round, and then hopefully it'll be staved off for the rest of the year. Yeah. But I don't know. Speaking of new treatment, yeah. So I, you know, have depression and anxiety my 
for a long time. Right. I have apparently. You came out of the womb anxious. <laughs> You're like, ah, what is this? <laughs> so, this to give you guys an example of how on edge I am. I got out. It's it's the middle of the day right now. I got out of my car at Spencer's house. It's beautiful. There's birds chirping, blue sky. It looks like Ferris Bueller's day off out there. And Spencer leans out his door and quietly says, hey, you didn't bring the snack van. <laughs> and I went, ha! <laughs> 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 to be fair, this is Ogden, is Ogden. and that's that could be that could be could the have, same words that a robber. Hey, <laughs> you didn't bring the snack van. Where the hell is my it money? Could, could be the last words you <laughs> Give hear. Give me my money. Last words you hear before the gun. But what am I going to eat tonight? <laughs> before the trigger clicks in Ogden. <laughs> anyway, so uh, my my doctor Ethan mm. was he's like I'm I'm sick of treating you. <laughs> No, he was just, he's like this, we got to get this fixed. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, it's just enough. And so he sent me to uh, the psychiatry department at, at his, at Tanner. Mm -hmm. and it's so, all a racket there, you know. <laughs> he sent me to another doctor. They're sending me, they're taking the rounds. $1,700 later. Each, each visit. Like, oh, well, I, it doesn't feel any better. Well, we better send you back right. to Dr. Farnsworth. So I got a story about this, right? So I have, I guess, treatment-resistant depression, which then oh. qualifies me for... What's called TMS, transcranial masturbation. <laughs> Trans I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was this close to being ready to believe you. <laughs> someone, what we do? Someone masturbates me. <laughs> Got this little thing and it just. It's actually just kind a, of like a flashlight. It's a flashlight. <laughs> we don't call it that. It's a medical it's grade flashlight. I went in the first time and they're like, "Ours is broken. We have a some. This guy here is going to do a blue it. boutique down the street." This guy here is going to do it manually for you. Get the extra small. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's it's transcranial magnetic stimulation. Yeah. And it's really, I don't know if it's working. I have to go for 36 weekdays in a row. So I've done five. Wait, you have to go every day? Every weekday. Okay. It's only like a three-minute treatment. Oh. Right? Just a hand job. Just, a, just enough treatment. <laughs> After the third day, you might be kind of like... <laughs> That's going to take more than three minutes. It's just too fitting. So anyway, so the first time you go, the, the psychiatrist comes in and he puts a like a, a wand on your head and, and it's electromagnetic. This is bullshit. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's so fitting. Are, you, are they just sending you to TSA? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's just a magnetic. Oh, no. So anyway, he, he clicks a button and it, it, it pulses an electromagnet. Okay. okay. And he did that to find the right spot on my head. For the treatment, mm -hmm. they put sensors on my thumb, and when my thumb twitched, that's how he knows how strong it should be. Oh, weird. But he couldn't get my thumb to twitch, but my face was. I was like winking, 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 you know. And he's like, "Is that?" I'm like, "Do you, you feel that in your eyebrow?" I'm like, "Yeah, I felt that in my eyebrow." And he finally gets to the spot that makes my jaw kind of click, right? I, I was like, like, "This is weird." All right. He's like, well, okay, so that's where it's going to be. They put this thing on my head every time I go to, like, map my head. They have an infrared camera that helps them find the spot. Uh -huh. And the way it works is that wand is just used to find the spot. And then they put a big one next to your head, and they put a pad against your other cheek to hold you in place. And it just goes just 10 times in a row. Like a and then like, breaks like the for MRI? Like, yeah, and then breaks for, like, 10 seconds, and then it does it again for three minutes straight. But each pulse, it feels like someone's tapping your head. And it made my jaw tap. So, it, like, <laughs> it makes my jaw close because it's stimulating that part of my brain Weird. that makes my jaw close. The whole point is if you're treatment resistant to, like, for medications, uh -huh. most antidepressants, SSRIs, try and 
make the serotonin you already have be more effective. Okay. Right? Yeah. So your, your neuron releases serotonin. The drugs prevent the neuron from sucking it back up. So mm. it uses all the endogenous serotonin that you have. We don't have a way of putting serotonin in the brain because nothing can get past the blood-brain barrier that is a serotonin metabolite or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You can't, like, you can't just inject serotonin in the blood. It won't go through the blood-brain barrier in the blood vessels up there mm-hmm. the way you can with, like, dopamine to treat Parkinson's. You can. Right. So this apparently is supposed to stimulate the neurons into creating more serotonin. Mm-hmm. So the thought is that I legitimately don't have enough, which is why pills don't work. So we need to get your brain to create more. Weird, right? And you're five days in, and any any noticeable? Not really. Oh, the depression's kind of weird that it's, way. It's, it's super not something weird. that. And one of the problems it's is just one day you're like, oh, I don't yeah. feel bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is really weird, especially when it's like comorbid with anxiety, like me. Right. And the the doc did warn me. He's like, two weeks in is usually when we see people's anxiety go up. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to control that with your anxiety meds that you already have and see if your depression goes down. So next week, if I'm just an asshole, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, because it's probably my anxiety going getting out of hand during this treatment. Hmm. So, but a, so yeah, my, I go for three minutes a day, every weekday for like six or seven weeks, I don't know. And then, then I guess they reevaluate. I was reading a pamphlet about it, though, they had. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you can receive treatment from anywhere from three minutes to 37 minutes. I was like, dude, if I have to sit in this chair, I mean, if it got rid of my depression, I guess I would. But a half an hour, like, you know, it would drive you insane, right? You're like, man, my depression's gone, but I kind of want to shoot up everybody now. So yeah, you mean your jaw's going, you're, you're, you feel like someone's tapping on your head. So we'll see if it works. They they give me a little question. They give me the PHQ nine every week, but then they give me a little, a smaller, like three question thing at the beginning of each session, like, what's your mood today? One to ten. Do you feel like this is working? <laughs> you know, and each day so far, I'm like, not sure. Unknown. My mood today is contempt. <laughs> I don't know what to put, you know. I think today I put frustrated because of the stupid fucking Supreme Court. Yeah. So, so that's I, my new uh, treatment aside from therapy. Yeah, how's that going? He's a good guy. I like him. I've only I've seen him three times. Uh, and we're going to talk about SCOTUS later, right, and abortion. But yeah. he he's working with me on, he's like, why? Why are you so angry? <laughs> <laughs> he's basically like, why do you care so much? You are pretty uh, you altruistic. Know, I, I, it's not even altruistic, right? It's not, it's not necessarily altruistic. It's just me. I'm just kind of passionate about a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Can you help me turn it off? <laughs> like, I've got this magnet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Different one. Goes on the other side of your head. So, cause, so I'm working on that. I'm working on that because he. I, I don't know. I'm like, that's why I came to you, man. Like, I don't want to I don't want to be so pissed at the you know Supreme Court's ruling. Is? But I used to not care until I started hanging out with you. <laughs> and now I'm like... <laughs> you fucking care about everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't want to feel so passionate that I put, you know, a Black Lives Matter sign in my lawn. Or that I read the Supreme Court's decision on the Supreme I don't want to, like, thing? I'm, I'm, like, halfway through it. Yeah. Actually, no, I got through the syllabus, and then I started the actual, it's a, it's a nightmare. Mm. They're so fucking full of shit. I never thought I would read a SCOTUS opinion and be like, well, there's an inconsistency, there's an inconsistency, there's a, a contradiction, that's 
hypocritical. Like, I never thought I would do that, you know? We'll talk about it later, though. So um, that's my TMS treatment, though. Well, so recently, I have been hyper-emotional about everything, yeah. which I've come to find out is kind of a... It's a last. It, it never leaves. It's like a lasting side effect of going off of going medicine. off of these medicines. But it's the weirdest thing, and I think I'm gonna have to get back on them because I've been just do a much lower dose. Yeah, I'm not gonna take two of them. I'm gonna go to one. Yeah. I don't know. My question is, should I go back to the doctor? I've got three months worth down there. Should I? Just <laughs> well, it was a cheap drug, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm already like seventeen hundred dollars in debt to Tanner Clinic. What's another eighty? <laughs> Oh, so you, oh, you mean you already have some? Yeah, I've got like well, three months worth. You could email him, be like, "Hey, yeah," and then he won't. He shouldn't charge you, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> he might. He might say, "Yeah, I want to see you," or he might say, "Go ahead and try it and come see me in four six weeks." I'll just ask Ethan what he thinks. Of, you know? <laughs> Good. And there's certainly value in seeing and getting second opinions. It's right, like right. you know, it's just is what it is. But but it's getting to the point where like uh, I cry over over. Weird, weird things. Well, I don't know if they're weird, but like today, the air show is here tomorrow, right. which I am super excited about. Fucking Thunderbirds were out practicing. They today. were. Everyone oh was practicing gosh. today, and I was out by by there at getting my ass stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching the the F thirty five pilot. She's doing her practice demo, and the afterburner. She just does this crazy slide, and I'm starting to cry. I'm like, yeah. I love this. And not like uh, it's not like a America freedom cry. Just you love airplanes. Yeah, I guess it's and like it's just so I guess cool. it's the kind of when you thought your daughter was kidnapped, but then you find out she's alive. <laughs> I don't know. It's a happy. It's, it's like Liam Neeson on Taken. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like this is making me so happy right. that I have to cry. It's a happy cry, and I don't love that because people are like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> like. I don't know, man. I'm not sad. I don't know what's happening, but it happens a lot. Right. Like it's a hyper emotional is a good word like, for it. Like I read a I read a story about a bird on on TikTok, <laughs> and I'm on the toilet taking a dump, crying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or I went and watched because you know I watch movies on the weekend by myself. Now I went mm. to watch Lightyear last mm. weekend, which was pretty fun, and I'm like. Oh my God, boss! <laughs> uh, it's just it's getting. Uh, it's fine. I don't hate it, but it's kind of just. Uh, no, it's a burden. Uh, but on top of that, I'm also just feeling like. Do you also feel the extreme sadness? I'm getting Do you to that swing point. Down low? Like I have been getting. Yeah. You know what happens with me, is I, I start tearing myself down. Mm. And that's when I know I'm like, oh, I probably should get back on because I will just tear myself down. Just negative thoughts. Like, these people hate me. Why do I do this? Everyone hates me. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm terrible. And then I'm like, <laughs> right. then I'm like, no, I'm fine. We'll do it live. <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, I, then I, I think maybe I should, uh, maybe I should try again on this stuff. You I know, there, know, there is an easy trick. Well, it's not. An, I don't know if it's easy, but meth. there is a yeah, meth. Uh, I've got a magnet right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to a magnet. It's uh, automatic negative thoughts. Yeah. Right? They call them ants. You put an elastic on your wrist, and every time you start talking shit to yourself, you flick it. Yeah, ants. <laughs> <laughs> I have ants. Eh, it's supposed to kind of help. I don't know. It's just. But, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's real. You know, you know, I like talking about it. I know it's it's personal. 
but I like talking uh, about it because is, people should hear. Nah, it doesn't bother me to talk but about it. The problem is some people won't talk about it to the point of not seeking treatment. Right? Right. If you don't want to talk about it, fine, but you should please get some treatment. You don't have to tell anyone, you know? But but some people really don't... just don't want to admit to themselves at all. Mm, yeah, I guess. You know? Like guy I work with. Yeah. I talk to him every day, a couple hours a day, um, and I and I was talking to him about this treatment and had, like, anxiety. He's like, you know, he's, he's like, maybe he got 20 years on us, a little bit older than us, maybe 25. Um, he's like, you know, I think I've had that my whole life. I'm like, well, you are in sales. Hello? Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Everything's ringing. <laughs> yeah, it's ringing Someone through. from New Jersey is calling me. I assume Stupid. it's some Guido scamming me. You did a Gallup poll or something. <laughs> did know. you think it was a touchscreen for a sec? I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I, oh, I was about to try. Right. You saw I was about to try, yeah. but I didn't. There's a screen behind Spencer, uh, just a Mac computer desktop, and he reached up to push reject. <laughs> I, I did. I caught myself. <laughs> he did catch himself. I have done that before, but yeah. I did catch myself. Have you ever looked at a real picture and pinched to zoom, like the no. Sports Illustrated swimsuit no. edition? You'd like. <laughs> uh, that is something I will do eventually. I'm sure. But honestly, I I can't think of. A time recently that I haven't been on a screen That's true. when I'm yeah. looking at a picture. Yeah. There's like they still print magazines. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm in line at the grocery store. Like, Ugh. Zoom, zoom. What the hell is this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I just like, I just want if there's anybody out there that that listens and they don't feel like this is real enough to get themselves help, right? right? I want that. I want them to know that they can. You can ask for right. help. I talk to your doctor. Booking to call your EAP. Most companies have an EAP now. Mm, I do so. have one. Anyway, um, speaking of my job, the airlines. Uh, what we were, we were talking about uh, at the beginning of the episode before we got on, how little I get paid. Yeah, no. <laughs> and how uh, they don't haven't done anything about it. They should be ashamed of themselves. And uh, then I was like, well, yeah, probably, but also they're really having struggles right now. Paying pilots and right. flight attendants, especially pilots. Flight attendants, to a slightly lesser extent, there's still a problem there, but mostly pilots. And uh, the airlines keep sticking it to each other. <laughs> and uh, Like like stealing well, pilots? N- well, or- that's part of it. Hold on. So a few months ago, and, not, and a lot of people don't know this, but flight attendants, they only get paid once the cabin door is shut. It's amazing. Which, which is really stupid. Right. It's been like that forever. Right. They're uh, paid hourly. The the unions yeah. have accepted it over and over and over again. And um, Delta, uh, earlier in the year, added to their new flight attendant contract um, that they're going to pay them. Um, like as, when, when as they soon as they get on, on the, the plane. plane. Yeah. So when you're getting on it's, the plane boarding. It is, it is like a half rate or something. That's bullshit. But it's, it's when you're boarding and they're so incredibly cordial. Right. They're not getting paid right then. No. Though when they're serving you, when they're serving first class drinks, that what they have to do, it's weird. Well, it, you know I why? Don't know. The, you know how the union negotiated it? Huh? The the airlines were like, well, we'll just pay them less, or you can keep it the way it is. Right. And the unions like. I mean, they do get paid more per hour than a normal person because they work less. Right. Well, I mean, they're on a plane all day. Right. Right. It's not fun. Like. Um. But it's not that it's not like they don't get paid great. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean they're okay, but but yeah, Delta. I heard that announcement. Um, but I just know the CEO at United was like, "Get!" <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, he called him up. Yeah, they're they're buddies. They're buddies. He called up. His, he's like, "George, what the fuck, man? I don't know. The union's got me by the balls, bro." I don't, 
Now, typically, regional pilots get paid considerably less than mainline pilots. Like our, we're a regional, us, uh, Republic, Mesa. There's you know, there's quite a few regionals that people don't even know about because they're all branded as as other airlines. Is that really the reason the prices are lower though? What do you mean? Like, are because the, the flights on regional jets are usually less expensive, right? Not necessarily. Sometimes so there's actually more no expensive. reason. The, the <laughs> reason is they can get away with it because right. you really, you in order to get flight experience, you pretty much have to start with a regional. No mainline is taking a pilot straight out of flight school. What if a regional paid more, though? Than a than a mainline is there our pilot is there a pride issue there that pilots want to fly for a mainline, it money aside, not necessarily. There's it, there's tons of factors that go into it. Sure. Some people never end up flying for a mainline because they get so comfortable. Right. It's not like they don't get paid anything no, at the regionals. A, they used they used to not get paid anything. <laughs> right. Back when I was in flight school, uh, the regional pilots started at twenty six dollars an hour, and you have to keep in mind they only work eighty hours a month. Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Now it's up to like seventy and eighty years. It's it's okay. more. But um, so the main lines won't hire them until the, they yeah, have. You have to have experience flying, you know, complex aircraft. Being and they they won't typically take you unless you are a captain of a regional. So you're right. going to have to stay at the regional for probably five years, right. maybe. Um. What was sorry? I'm cutting you off. But what was the plane you were on with the rough landing? Was that regional? No, that was that mainline. Was mainline and you were thinking that the regional no, co-pilot. No, I. So in order to when you either change planes or become a captain, you have to go on initial operating experience. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking that the that the main the guy that did the landing probably was on his initial operating experience, meaning gotcha. he'd never he hasn't really flied that plane before okay. in real life. Right. Um, or maybe he's just a bad pilot, or maybe <laughs> it was a rough care. night, or he didn't care, or I don't know. Did you see a, that red air? Yeah, that was Dude. crazy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so our pilots, they get paid much de- more better now. Yeah. I mean, enough where some of them end up staying because everything goes by seniority. Sure. Like your schedule, you have to bid for certain schedules. And if you get senior enough, you... You don't want to give it up you, going to a You can work line. like three days a week. Or, right. you know, you get to pick your trips. You can do the kind of trips where you end up home every night. Right. Uh, and so, so I, some people take quality of life over the extra pay. Right. What's with the 80 hours? Is that a law? Yeah. They can't fly more than 80 hours in a month. Right. In the air? Yeah. Well, that's how they get paid, too. So they do get a, paid when the engine turns on. <laughs> we got to turn the shit on right now. That so do they, uh, um, do they try and pack that in sometimes? What like do you if mean? If you had seniority, can you pack that in two weeks? And take two weeks off? Uh, no, 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 no. It, it, it. There's, there's a per week. There's limitations per week, per, limit. per day, or per, per. I can't remember. They what they all are, the government doesn't want them falling asleep, right, at the yoke, right, right, right. So to speak. Even though they probably do anyway. Sure, why plays not? Itself. It's auto. <laughs> right. there's, there's a bell that'll go off if something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, America, there's so there's SkyWest. We're wholly owned. We're we're SkyWest. We own. We're our own company. We're the biggest regional, but uh, all the major airlines also most of them have their own wholly owned, where they own a regional airline like a subsidiary. Delta owns Endeavor, okay. American owns Envoy and Piedmont, and United owns like <laughs> right. just, I don't know Airways, Wisconsin, like, and, and, and 
all sorts of stuff. Where does like JetBlue fit in there? JetBlue is their own their own deal. Are they regional? No, no, no. Because they they're, they're they're considered low cost. Low cost. But they're Even not international, they're not though, really. are they? They are now, they are? actually. Okay. So they might have actually Mexico out of load cost. No, they're flying to <laughs> London. Okay. Um, well, they should if they can fly from LA to New York. They should be. Yeah, able to fly. no, that's they're not using bigger planes. They're using standard because it's not that. Turns out it's not. It's not that <laughs> it's far. Not that bad right. of a flight. Um, so American Airlines, wholly owned Piedmont and Envoy, they just raised their regional airlines to almost as close as... Oh, really? Yeah. Dude. And on top of that, so the biggest problem most airlines are having, including SkyWest, is the lack of Czech airmen. So the people who do IOE, who who are the trainers, after you've gone through your training, your sim... They're the ones that are in the are check you off so you can fly this airplane. Do they and go we up? only have like seven of them. Do like, they go up like in an empty plane with them? No, no, God, no. They don't ever do that. No, <laughs> that's what the sim is for. Okay, so but um, do they go up? Do they go up on the first flight? Yeah, yeah, they're with them. Okay, um, and so we don't have everyone's missing check airmen, and in that's order weird. to incentivize check airmen, Piedmont is paying them four hundred and seventy dollars an hour. What? It's not permanent. It's only for like the next three years. But but I know that's another one where United was like, what the fuck? What the <laughs> hell? That's like that's like nine hundred grand a year. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> at full time anyway, at full time rates. That's like yeah. uh yeah. It's gonna be uh Well what are the requirements to be the, the check? Uh I mean you get pretty experienced. You've gotta be a you know, a captain and go through all the training. Certain amount of hours yeah, on yeah, each yeah. plane. Um so, people are trying to jump ship, <laughs> and it's just kind of turning into this whole cluster. It because shows it shows where they pinched pennies in the past. Right, like we can fuck over those guys. There's only like ten of them. Right now, they're like, well, it's not going to cost us that much to pay these guys well, we five hundred dollars an hour. SkyWest has a new, um, is going to be giving a new pilot pay package later in the year. We don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to be, but I don't. I can't imagine it'll be. I mean, there, but. Earlier this year, you spoke about SkyWest earnings. Well, it's still, it's you know, it's the whole industry is that they're way. still it's making not, so much money. No, they're not. We oh. didn't. We haven't turned. We. Oh, I thought you said SkyWest did. No, we just haven't gone under. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not quite. You're yeah. In, you're we, not quite we in the turned black. like a very very minimal profit last oh, okay. last quarter. Okay, I misremembered um, then. But uh, but the, the the whole thing is that Piedmont and Envoy. They're they're kind of turning. It's a track, you know. You you go here and then you go straight to American and Endeavor is the same way. We are so, tracked up like everybody. It's like, a, like a double A team. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of just been this whole mess because there's not enough. Like um, uh, when I was in Chicago, I talked to a pilot that was just doing her initial operating experience. And what month is it? Where it was May, but she got through training in November. That's how far behind we are getting them to the front lines. What did she do for nothing? Just they're just waiting. Do they get paid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the deal with the pilot shortage? Is there also where was pilot, being a pilot like a boomer job, and they all retired during kind COVID? Of, kind of. Well, we we've known there's going to be a pilot shortage. We've right. known that for a while. That's why back in two thousand. I want to say eight, maybe even ten. They raised the the age from sixty to sixty five. That when you have to retire. Okay. Um, so we've known this is going to be a problem. COVID, it moved along. They all retired rapidly because right. they were offering early retirement to everybody, and they all left. And then demands come back faster oh, than 
that's kind of that's short sighted, right? Because uh, yeah, especially considering that so many people in the decision making tree were thinking well, that, that were thinking that COVID wasn't going to last long. Uh, well, I, you know, and it's kind of like I don't know what you do. You either pay the pilots to hang around, right? I don't know. It's tough. It's or tough. or maybe this. Uh, they just assume they could recruit the shit out of people. Well, and it, it goes it goes all the way to the flight schools, right? Because you have flight schools, and they're, in order to really get with the regional, you have to have gone through all your training and been an instructor there for a while. So all their instructors are leaving to become regional pilots. So they're having a hard time getting instructors that can get the other pilots through. And then we're having a hard time retaining pilots because they're all, they're snapping our pilots up like that. It's right. One of our, one of our, uh, we put a guy. We put a guy through all the way through his captain training, which is it's a lot. It's it's a months long plus process, very expensive. He got seven hours of pilot and command time and got hired by United. So the regional the regional lines are going to start to put like they're going to put stipulations but, in contracts. Oh, that's already started. It's already yeah. been. We, we, I'm surprised that we wasn't had this. There. So we recently started this pathway program with, with Southwest and it almost fell through because they hired a children. <laughs> they just took them before but the deal the, was the, signed. The problem is, is it is, it's all this trickle down because they take all our pilots. We fly all their routes. <laughs> and so if we can't fly their routes, then they can't fly their routes because we, you know, fly all their connecting routes. So then the, the pilots end up not <laughs> flying anyway. <laughs> it's just like this whole freaking disaster. It's like a logistics nightmare, yeah. man. And so I don't know. That's um, crazy. Yeah, I would think that I would. If you're wondering, because the news keeps talking about how the airlines are screwing up and they're not. But it's. It's not 100% their fault. It might have no, been short-sighted I, to let people go and what have you, but it's it's this whole trickle-down thing, and it's kind of right. the, the airlines overscheduling is their fault. It's the only time that trickle-down works <laughs> is when it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I'm surprised they've never had contracts before. Like, no, if we train you, you got to give us a year or two. Well, they actually – so back in the beginning of the year, they offered uh, – Thirty or forty thousand dollar bonus to stay for five years. All right, all right. For captains, do you? How come you never wanted to do that? I'm not very good at flying. <laughs> no, <laughs> the honest to god main reason is I started taking antidepressants and you can't. Oh really? It's been a. It's actually a whole hotly debated. That's dumb. thing within the aviation industry <laughs> that we've probably talked about before. I can understand if you were, but the the issue there's lots of there's lots to it. There's lots. There's to a it. lot of ignorance. There's there is, and the FAA knows that, and I know they're working on things. But the problem is, is that if you don't ever tell your doctor, you can even get antidepressants, you know, from right. another doctor, and not tell your FAA doctor. Right. So either you're taking them anyway, or you're not taking them, which is even worse. Right. Right. And they yeah, they they point to they the FAA and, and other things will point to that to, to certain flights like the guy in. Um, the one anecdote that flew the airplane into right. the mountain. The one people, anecdote, out right? Of and depression is bad, and a lot of people kill themselves. But a, not a lot of people get to the point where they're so depressed that not only do they think they shouldn't live, that they think life's not worth living for everyone. For everyone, and, and that's not not as common as. Frankly, if you if you are that worried about it, uh, it's okay to ask. Right. Right. Like, you can you can work that out to. Well, we have to know because other people's lives are on the line. Right. We need to, so you give them like the, the PHQ-9, for example, has a question in there about, do you have any thoughts about self-harm suicide or that you'd be better off dead? 
Right. They do they do right? that. So but, I mean, it's not like you're going to answer honestly. So that's the interesting thing. Uh, most people who are that suicidal unless they have a really thought out plan like they maybe this pilot did, right? Uh, right? Unless you have a really well thought out plan, you're generally kind of honest about it. Right? If you you, you just kind of like, uh yeah. I mean, unless you knew you'd be fired, right? Then if there's another incentive there, right? A disincentive. But you know, the the whole antidepressants cause suicide, that's only in youth. Right. Like like teenage to like 20 and it's a known like it's it's hopefully it gets addressed eventually it's, it's the a, FAA it's not so like everything the, they yeah, do the federal slow. government's never looked right. at science before um, <laughs> I mean currently as of 2020 and this number's obviously changed a lot but there's 103,879 commercial pilots in the US Okay. And out of them, none of them have depression. Yeah, I bet. Right? <laughs> I bet. Not a single they, one of them. They are just not a single one of them is an alcoholic or over medicates right. or or does cocaine or yeah. you know, anything like that. They're all just super clean, chill, no if problems anything, in the world. Yeah, if anything people. you should you should test them all, question them all, and then you put a depressed pilot <laughs> with a non depressed co pilot. I think that might get into <laughs> some sort of <laughs> HIPAA, some sort of civil liberties. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. know. I don't know. You know, well, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. There's a, I, in my opinion, there are way worse things to worry about when it comes to my pilot. I would much rather have him be medicated than right. severely depressed. I, I mean, that mean, if you're severely depressed, you're really, usually tired. At this point, now that we've, as far as we've come as, you know, in knowing mental illness and stuff, there's really not much of a excuse. They're going to they're going to be forced. And I know that they are they are working on addressing it and they're going to have to because you know, the more pilots they bump for being depressed, the more screwed we are. Do the pilots have a union? Uh, it depends on the airline. If the unions would, were smart, they would ask their pilots. Right. Right. And you have to trust your union, but generally you can. And then the union can bargain that, you know. Well, Turns out we surveyed our pilots yeah. and 25% of them just like the general public Right, have experienced some form of depression in the last five years. You know, right, you guys need to change your ways here. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, something will come of it eventually. Yeah. But speaking of flights, though, real quick, um, Yellowstone <laughs> <laughs> floods, flights, FL. Well, so know. here a few weeks ago, I remember I went to Denver. Yeah. And I was flying back, and I sat next to this guy. I didn't say anything the whole flight. And then I'm sitting in the window seat, and he starts looking over me out the window. I'm like, do you want to switch? He's like, no, no, I've just never seen. No, I'll just put my, my hand in your well, crotch. I was, I was fine. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I mean, I've seen the approach to Salt Lake a hundred times. Right. I don't, you know, if he wants to switch real quick, it's totally cool with me. But he's like, no, he, is that Park City? And he's, I should, he's speaking with the English accent. I'm like, oh, okay. So um, I asked him where he's from, you know, and he's like, I'm from the, the U.K., and uh, California, yeah, beautiful <laughs> California. <laughs> I can't do an English accent <laughs> anyway. Um, and I get to talking to him just on our descent and our way into Salt Lake. And he's like, I asked him what he's doing, and oh, because he asked where Park City was. It's actually right there, tucked around that mountain. He's like, Oh, we're gonna be driving there tomorrow, we're going on a road trip to Yellowstone. Oh, no. And uh, he's like, yeah, we were supposed to go in 2020. <laughs> and we've been putting it off and putting it off. Uh, and we finally get to go. I'm like, oh, you're going to love Yellowstone. <laughs> and this is, is this like a few days, days later, before? Yellowstone is under 
is underwater. It is flooded. The roads are gone. Yeah. It is just I'm like, Old oh. Faithful collapsed in oh, on itself. Like, oh, 200 wow, people this died. This is right about the time they should be getting there. <laughs> you see him on the news? Holy shit. That's the Englishman I met. <laughs> Like oh man, I feel bad. That's that freaking sucks, funny. man. They reopened it pretty quick, obviously. No, they just barely reopened well, it yesterday. It's been like two weeks. But, I, but the, <laughs> did you see the road? The roads are gone. <laughs> yeah. So what I mean, what I meant was, I didn't think they were going to open it for like two years. I'm sure they got workarounds for. I just don't know how you rebuild a road that where they'll the where the the cliff <laughs> that the road was sitting on is gone. They'll probably have to reblast. Right. Reblast it back out. Or build a bridge, some, or building, bringing some earth. They but better put those buffalo to work. <laughs> yeah, those robot. They're all robots. They're robot buffaloes. You can tell they look just like the rhino that Jim Carrey was in. <laughs> <laughs> Until they charge that old woman who's always trying to take a picture. Um, <laughs> we did talk about. Uh, Don't. Well, I asked him about. I was like, "What's it like living so close to Ukraine?" <laughs> He's like, "It's freaking <laughs> in, weird, man." In England. Yeah, I don't remember why we, we he said something about Russia, and I was like, yeah, what's it like living in the UK, you know, right there? And he's like, yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, you don't think about it, but some days you're like, shit, that's really close. That's yeah. really close to us. And then we talked about gas. That's kind of weird all. He's like, he asked how much gas was. I'm like, oh, man, it's like $5 a gallon. He's like, blimey. No, I don't know. <laughs> blimey. That's funny. Um, you should have been like, how's the queen? Yeah. <laughs> Did I say anything about the queen? It was right during Jubilee, I think. Anyway, um... Jubilee. Jubilee? Jubilee. The Queen's... Ah, the, her, her... 75th or... I don't know. Yeah, what whatever. But, um... I was... I'm annoyed with politics in general right now, of course. Yeah. But... And Joe Biden, his approval ratings are just in the toilet. And as not, they, not as for bad be. reasons. Yeah, as they he's not... Be. He's he's basically like Jimmy Carter Part 2. Like, right. things aren't going well. And... uh this whole gas tax thing, I just want to be like, yeah, thanks, Uncle Joe. No. Appreciate the dollar eighty that I'm going to save on gas on ten gallons, right? Yeah, this is an eighteen cents a yeah. gallon. Yeah, like, are you for real right now, Joe? Right. It's, it's, this is more like a fuck you than anything. <laughs> oh, I can take the gas tax away, eighteen cents. <laughs> cha 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 cha. Yeah, like, no, what he should on, bro. do. I mean, I don't know if he has the authority, but they they should take all tax. If they could, like, because the biggest one is state tax. State gas tax is usually kind of hefty. Yeah, there's no way that but, that would ever fly. Plus, uh, it's just kind of stupid. It's like taking away the tax. It's typical <laughs> tax and spend Democrats. <laughs> well, guess, guess <laughs> they're, who they're has... taking away the tax that actually does build roads and everything. Right. After and we, for no reason. After we, pass it's not going to do anything. Right. After it's we pass the trillion dollar, it's not going to do anything. A dollar eighty, Joe? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. I do find it funny that uh, I found on Show of Hands that mm -hmm. polling app. I, oh, yeah. you know, someone asked about that, and it spreads it out by demographic mm -hmm. how they voted. You know, <laughs> so many. The majority of Republicans were opposed to getting rid of the the gas tax. I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> Don't you love to get I rid of you taxes? To, I mean, I know it's not much. I know it's tiny, but I thought for sure you guys would be like, yeah, let's get rid of tax. That's so but weird. Anyway, yeah, I, you know, America has, like, the largest oil reserve we do. in the entire world. And despite, we are the biggest producer, too, yeah. which I don't understand why we were ever buying oil from other countries. So my, my brother Nick has a, has a theory. Uh -huh. It's a bit of a conspiracy, uh -huh. but it makes sense. And his theory was we knew... 
that the world was going to run out of oil. We knew that the world would run out eventually. Uh-huh. We didn't think electric cars would come as soon as they did. And when I'm, I'm saying we as in like American economical professionals and politicians early. Mm-hmm. You're right, in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution and a little bit in. His theory is that we build up a giant store of oil <coughs> and then continue to buy it until the rest of the world runs out and then we can uh-huh. sell ours for a premium. Freaking dick move right it there. It is a dick move and I mean, it kind of makes sense. Do you think we'd run out before... <laughs> Well, that was what they were thinking. They were like, shit, people keep finding it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Turns out there's like a shit ton under the ice in Russia. Now we're completely fucked. This idea is going. And then here comes Elon Musk with his electric cars. Now we're really fucked. We don't got a shit. We don't have any lithium. We got to go to Ukraine yeah, I know. to get our lithium. Freaking Elon, he's such a bad CEO. <laughs> Did you see him His talking about his gigafactories? Dude, he's just, he is. They're, they're mer- money furnaces. <laughs> and you wonder why I think Tesla is a sketchy car right. or a sketchy company. He's the, I'm t- I've said it all along. He is one of the admins to our sim, and he just came down here to fuck around. Right? He just plugged or in. Or he's just really on the spectrum. If, and if you really need it, if you really need rich. the picture, just imagine the matrix. He plugged himself in, and he came down. Just to fuck shit up, you know? Right. Like, make me a billionaire. Make me have, like, the best idea in the world. PayPal. <laughs> you know? It'll make a few billion dollars, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll change the cars to something new. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'd go Rivian. Go Rivian or one of these other companies. Those Rivian are, trucks are cool. They are pretty slick. Remind me, Rivian is, was it Amazon and Ford? Was that Rivian? Yes. It was like an Amazon Ford team up, but then Ford, as soon as it was designed, Ford's like, okay, we're out. <clears throat> Maybe. I think so. But they are cool trucks. Yeah, Ford's Ford's about to release their electric F one fifty, not hybrid, fully electric. Yeah. I'm telling you, once once electric cars are in the twenty thousand dollar range, it's done. It'll be it'll it'll take off, but it's just Well, even with inflation, we could we could go into thirty thousand and You're right. People will start to buy, they'll start to lease again. That's true. So, I'll get one eventually. That'll yeah. be my next one. Um. Well, let's see. Let's go ahead, and I guess we'll we'll get into uh, custom hats. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. I was gonna. We'll save that for after the break. Okay. Well, that'll be our ending topic. So I talked about my therapist asking me not to care so much. Right. Actually, he didn't say don't care. He asked me why I do care. Right. And I said, I don't think you really have a choice about what you care about, which just goes lends to a very philosophical conversation in your head, which mm-hmm. is, what do I choose to care about? Right? Like, it's really hard for me to... I didn't even, I didn't even look at the news today. Ashley showed me the headline on her phone about SCOTUS overturning Roe. And so then I was like, okay, I got to go read it now. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it right there. Mm-hmm. That's the behavior I got to change is maybe I go to read it now. No, I don't. I don't have to go read it right now. I will say that back in the day, <laughs> I was a lot just happier. Yeah. Pro-America, just kind of like, yeah, man, it's great. Everything here is great. It's wonderful. So, 
And you start reading things, it ruins everything. So <laughs> Same with religion. I, I could be wrong, but let me give you what I understand is the brief history of Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. All right? Mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade took the power away from the states f- for abortion bans up to the end of the second trimester or to the point of viability. Right? Right. And because the way laws are written, they had to get specific. So I believe it was written specific at the time, like 28 weeks or something like that. So so states could not place any legislation before that regulating abortion. Okay? Mm-hmm. 1973. In 1992 is when Casey versus Planned Parenthood was decided and essentially that case was, do we uphold the precedent of Roe v. Wade? Right. And they said yes. Okay? I haven't read those two opinions yet. I plan on it because now I'm interested because today the conservative just- justices minus uh, John Roberts. Oh, I didn't know he sided with the Roe. Yeah. Voted to overturn Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood in this opinion regarding um, a Mississippi gestational law mm-hmm. about, um, I think their law is 15 weeks. Okay. So this is huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll play, I want to play a couple clips. Um, Real quick, there's, uh, I just opened up Politico. Yeah. And there's protesters. And the, there's a female protester, and she has paint, or sorry, tape over her mouth. Yeah. And it's painter's tape. If you're going to do it. <laughs> you got to go full duct tape, man. Freaking commit, man. Need some hurricane <laughs> tape. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Gorilla glue tape. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna play you clips. I think I'm hooked to Bluetooth. Make sure my volume's up there. Yeah. Um, of Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh at their confirmation hearings right quick, okay? This is Neil Gorsuch. Um, correctly. Huh? There we go. Oh, uh, here, let me go back here. Just Chuck Grassley asking a question. Whether Roe was decided correctly. Senator, again, I would tell you that Roe versus Wade decided in 1973 as a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. It has been reaffirmed. The reliance interest considerations are important there. And all of the other factors that go into analyzing precedent have to be considered. It is a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. Okay, what he's talking about there, that's very careful language he's using. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not going to answer this question right. directly. Um, but what he's talking about is the reliance on the precedent, meaning was the precedent decided correctly <laughs> right? <laughs> based on certain things, especially Casey versus Planned Parenthood because it upheld Roe v. Wade. And you'll hear Brett Kavanaugh in a second refer to that as precedent upon precedent. Because all of these senators want to know, are you going to overturn this? Even the Republicans, a lot of the Republicans on these committees were like, I'm not, I'm not sure that we should fuck with that. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. some of them do. Lindsey Graham, fucker. So anyway, let me. I'll continue with Neil Gorsuch. It was reaffirmed in Casey in 1992, and in several other cases. So a good judge will consider it as precedent of the United States Supreme Court worthy as treatment of precedent like any other. And in my opening remarks, this I is Feinstein. That if anything had super precedent, uh, Roe did in terms of the numbers, and I've put that 
uh, in the record. Here's why it becomes of concern. Uh, the president said that he would appoint someone who would overturn Roe. Uh, you pointed out to me that um, you viewed precedent in a serious way <clears throat> in that it added stability to the law. Could you elaborate on the point that you made in my office on that? Part of the value of precedent, it has lots of value. It has value in and of itself because it's our history. And our history has value intrinsically. Okay, that's a good point. As I started to read the opinion before I came over here, mm -hmm. and one of the things they do when evaluating precedent mm -hmm. is they look back at the history and traditions of the country. Right. It's funny that Neil would use that word here because he's implying now that this precedent is history. Right. That it's part of our history. Right. I.e., it's fine. It should stand. Right. Right? Well, he voted against it today. So mm, yeah. just interesting that he would use that word. But well, I've, I've never known Republicans to... <laughs> intrinsically. But it also has an instrumental value in this sense. It adds to the determinacy of law. Okay. That's all I'm going to play of Neil. He goes on to kind of not answer the question, but the vibe that he's putting off is, no, I won't. Right. I wouldn't do that. Right. Right. Uh, but it adds to the determinacy of the law. So clearly... When he signed his name on this opinion, he's like, hmm, that law wasn't necessarily determinate. Right. Right. All right. The reason we started this podcast, good old Brett Kavanaugh. Here's Did he him. bring Squee along with him? or <laughs> Tobin. Here's his, Tobin. Uh, him yeah, being questioned on it. important things to keep in mind about Roe v. Wade is that it has been reaffirmed many times over the past uh, 45 years. So someone says that to you. What are, what are you thinking? Right? Listen, I'm asking you, sir, should Roe v. Wade be overturned? Well, one of the things to keep in mind is it's been reaffirmed many times. What is that line of thinking leading down? It's been reaffirmed. Leave it alone. It's like it's going to be reaffirmed over okay. and over again. Thank you. Just want to make sure I heard it right. As you know. And uh, most <laughs> prominently, <laughs> most importantly, reaffirmed in Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992. And as you well recall, Senator, I know uh, when that case came up, the Supreme Court didn't just reaffirm it uh, in passing. The court specifically went through all the factors of stare decisis in considering whether to overrule it. And the joint opinion of Justice Kennedy, Justice O'Connor, and Justice Souter at great length went through that, those factors. That was the question presented in the case. Okay. He mentioned stare decisis. We've talked about this briefly on the show before. Uh, stare decisis um, is a legal principle of determining points in litigation according to precedent. Okay? So what he's saying is in, P in Casey versus Planned Parenthood, the majority opinion looked at stare decisis and all the factors that should be considered when looking at stare decisis and reaffirmed Roe v. Wade. Okay? Now that's very, it's very poignant that he would say that because he's not saying whether or not he agrees. But based on his opinion that he signed, he, he doesn't agree because right. one of the main points that Alito makes in the opinion today is that stare decisis was not followed when they decided Casey versus Planned Parenthood or Roe v. Wade. There was no precedent before Roe v. Wade that was applicable to abortion is what he said today. Hmm. Now, it's, it's bullshit. But there's no precedent that applies to abortion when it comes to liberty, okay? 
I won't play you anymore. We know that they lied in their hearings. <laughs> the right. only one who didn't lie was Amy Coney Barrett. She was very clear, like, I don't really like it. She never right. said definitively. Right, right, she did right. the same thing, but she at least leaned that direction. Right. right? Um, but they also go on to, in the opinion so far that I've read, talk about that there's no, uh, there's no definition of liberty. And there's no specific mention of abortion in the Constitution. So I don't know how we can make a law about it. I'm like, well, there was no specific definition of a lot of things. There's no specific <laughs> definition of an AR-15. Or, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's amazingly hypocritical when, I, I, when I'm reading it. I am getting burnt out on us re- referring, uh, guiding our, our current civilization by things that were written before toilet paper. Now, that's... that's I'm not just talking about the Constitution. I'm talking about the Bible. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, all this stuff. We know a lot more. Toilet We're paper a is lot a lot more good, advanced. That is a good watershed moment right. <laughs> to define it on. And it's just like the, the Constitution was meant to be evolving. They, they, they stated so right. many times. Now, that is a huge fundamental disagreement, right? You'll hear it referred to. That usually is referred to as living document or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You read the, you, the people who wrote the Constitution, Madison, Jefferson, you read their notes they wanted it changed like every they didn't 13 use, they years. They didn't use toilet paper, but they had the foresight to know right. that there might be things in the future that change. M- maybe they were around, you know, I guess, what? They were around before rifling. <laughs> they saw <laughs> that things could change. Right. That's that, true. The, the, the advances That's true. were coming. Yeah, they were still shooting with balls. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, there, that is a, that's a huge thing. And as you read... This particular opinion, and I'm sure most opinions are like this, both liberal and conservative opinions are going to have this same language about what did the founders mean? Because that's their job. Their job is to look at the document and interpret it based on what they think the founders meant and based on other precedent that courts before them have placed. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that's their job, but we as a people can together we can say you know this is kind of dumb can we can we write a new can we write a new document you know so your abortion update for the week is that roe v wade's been overturned which means uh, for now for now now this this would this would make this makes an incredibly good argument as to why joe biden didn't pack the court why the fuck didn't you pack the court you knew this would happen well, right? because you knew. because you knew two months ago yeah, they leaked the opinion. You, he didn't pack the court because if he packs the court, then we're we're really what? we're really fucked. I don't care, because, man. Because we have no listen. Yeah. Because he's gonna probably lose the next election, and we're either gonna have Trump or DeSantos, who are both insane. It's true. And they'll they'll pack the next thing you know. We're gonna have seven hundred justices. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly. I would be more comfortable with 700 educated justices than yeah, nine. Right, nothing would ever get done. <laughs> than nine? Yeah. Nine people are making a decision about what a document means to them on behalf of 350 million. That is They're not true. representative. They're not supposed to be representative. But they are supposed to interpret it. You know, it's, so here's, what, here's another hypocrisy I noticed. And I'll maybe try and outline this in a later episode. Another hypocrisy I noticed is they talk about how loud the public is about this issue, mm-hmm. but that they don't 
taking that into account. But then literally two paragraphs later, they're like, there are people who stand on this side of the issue and this side of the issue and this side of the issue. And considering that, I'm like, wait a second, didn't two paragraphs ago, you said we shouldn't consider that, that that should play no role in your thinking. Why are you outlining it here? It's just really funny. So not ha ha. So as it stands right now, the authority to regulate abortions has been given back to the state with no federal oversight or regulation, which means states like ours in Utah that have trigger laws that they passed years ago in the event that Roe's overturned are now in effect. What are Republicans going to run on now? <laughs> that that if you if elected Democrat, mm. they're going to pack the court and re-overturn it? Yeah. So now, I, I plan on putting at the beginning of every episode going forward uh-huh. before our music an ad on how to find abortion services. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record something before <laughs> we leave, and we're going to put it before the show. And yeah. I plan on volunteering for these companies. I will gladly drive a couple or whomever to uh, Colorado or Nevada to help them find these services. Or A lot of companies are going to continue to, and they're not companies that you would have no, like really Uber. suspected. Yeah. One of them was like uh, an outdoors company, which I thought was kind of weird. No, there's a lot of companies standing up. Um, I think more will. But now, here's something interesting. Sorry, one last thing about okay. this. Um, Kurt is in town. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kurt is a major in the Army. Oh, wow. Just got promoted. He is also an OBGYN in the Army. He's a doctor. Mm. So I don't know how what to call him. I'm thinking Major Doctor is the coolest thing. Major Gina <laughs> Doctor. Major Doctor Webster. So I asked him today, I said, thoughts on SCOTUS and abortion. This is his direct quote. I asked him, by the way, do you mind if I read this on the podcast without naming you or the Army? And his <laughs> response was, of course, but you should totally use my name and the fact that I'm in the Army. What I said is my take, so go ahead. So this is Major Dr. Curtis Webster, the U.S. Army in Texas. Mm-hmm. I asked him about this decision. He God, said, "It's going to be so rich." <laughs> he said, "It's horrible. I don't personally perform abortions, but a good number of my patients are young and single. They're in the army. Not being able to counsel them on all of their options in early pregnancy has been tough over the past year with all of the Texas bullshit. Women will find a way to stop a pregnancy. They have that right since it's their body. I think that all of this just makes it more unsafe. Get listen to this, man. This is insane." I've had to take care of two women in the past six months that get pills through the mail when they should have had a DNC, which is the, um, a procedure to clean out the uterus, okay? Mm-hmm. Because of how far along they were when they took the pills. Right. They showed up to the ER hemorrhaging, and I have to urgently take them to the OR because they're bleeding out. Oh. I tend to advocate for what women, uh, for the woman, since that is what kind of doctor I am. What's scary now is if they take the rights away from the states to make their own decisions. So I want to hit on three points that Kurt's, Kurt makes here. First, he can't perform abortions because he's an army doctor. Army doesn't let him. Neither does Texas. Texas also doesn't allow him to counsel his patients who come to him with a question like this. Who says, I, they, I can't believe I'm pregnant. I don't know what I'm going to do. He is not allowed to talk to them about abortion. What kind of fucked up free speech bullshit is this? Texas needs to take their state back. Like, you've got to be uh, kidding me. You have a doctor. Can you imagine going to your doctor about a vasectomy? Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm, I can't really talk about that. Meet me, uh, me, yeah, me out back. I'll take a scalpel. So um, the hemorrhaging, uh, let's see, I think that was, 
Oh, and then states' rights. So I understand his concern there. However, I will say this. In the opinion I've read so far, they've made it clear that they want this to be the state's decisions, which means you will continue to have liberal safe haven states like Colorado, California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, whatever in the Northeast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The problem is someone who, you know, a 16-year-old girl with no job in Alabama. What is she supposed to do? It's not it's not legal to get pills in the mail, but you kind of you have to get caught, <laughs> right? right? For that to really matter. So she could get pills in the mail, but let's say she's too far along and the chemical abortion works, but now she starts to bleed out. And there are some doctors who still won't treat because the laws are written in some of these states in a way that say if if the abortion was done on purpose, knowingly, you can't treat. So if a girl comes in and says, I took abortion pills, I took Plan C bills, pills, and I'm hemorrhaging now, there are some doctors in some states who might have to say or will say, I can't even surgically remove that now. But they will. Someone will. Someone will. I just read, now this isn't the United States, I just read a story about a woman in Malta. Mm-hmm. She's, I want to say she was like 16 weeks pregnant and had a, uh, like a partial miscarriage. Okay, mm-hmm. Malta will not perform abortions. She, the placenta is almost all the way detached, and she's bleeding. She's not hemorrhaging, but she's bleeding heavily. But they detected a heartbeat in the fetus still, so they will not perform an abortion. So she has to fly from Malta to Spain. In which point, at any point on that plane ride or in between, that placenta could detach or something else, and she could hemorrhage completely. But because they detected a heartbeat, even though. The, the, the amniotic sac has burst. There's no viability here. Mm-hmm. 16 weeks, right? So that's just an example of Malta. I can't, I, I can't compare it to any state for sure, but I have to imagine that in the 30-plus states that this is now illegal in, some of theirs are written in a way that is like that. Because here we have a doctor in Texas who can't even talk to his patients about abortion, can't even say, hey, if you drive to Nevada... You can get this done. Next episode, we need to talk about Texas's Republican agenda and how yeah. freaking crazy it is. But real quick, um, now, today's opinion, it honestly doesn't really affect me currently, at least. It's never going to affect you. Right. And that's not to say I don't I care. Shouldn't, I shouldn't say never. You, you uh, could have a wife right, or a yeah, sister right, or something. Correct. Yeah, right. Now, in, we've talked about abortion many times, and where I currently land is I don't like it. I'm not in love with it. I understand why it happens. I think it's fine. Incest, rape, it's great. I don't think I would personally abort somebody. Not on the, by the way, that Mississippi law I mentioned, uh-huh. nothing for incest or rape. No, that's not, that's not ideal. That's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do think, I kind of think that in 100 years, maybe more, we'll look back and think, oh, that was a pretty crappy thing that we did. Right. But maybe, you know, it's going to it's going to until we we have Star Trek technology to beam a fetus out. It's going right. to it's going to be an issue. Right. Now, all that being said, uh, I don't like today's opinion, but it did not concern me as much as what Clarence Thomas's opinion said. His opinion was scary. Go ahead. I'll talk um, about it because I read about it. too. Thomas wrote that the high court has a duty to correct the error established in. Uh, Obergefell versus Hodges, 2015, which legalized same-sex marriage. Lawrence versus Texas, 2003, 
which protects same-sex relationships, and Griswold versus Connecticut, 1965, which protects uh, married couples' access to contraception. Now, the first two, of course, are are specifically aimed at at, uh, gay rights. Sure. um, Which, you know, I thought we'd kind of gotten past. Uh, Clearly, there's still an appetite with radical Republicans to do away with that. Right. For whatever reason, but this 1965 thing, this is this is Gilead, man. This yeah. is no, it's. I mean, getting, Clarence Thomas is a black man, and it's almost like he's like, let's go back to Plessy versus Ferguson. And go I, go this segregation. Is, this is probably not a popular opinion, but he should do well to remember what his race is and how his people were oppressed. Right. And if he keeps overturning things, <laughs> there's a handful in his. Uh, there's more that there's a there's a large segment in his party. That would, oh yeah, yeah that wa- yeah. <laughs> would would want him dead. Right. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. No, they would lynch him. I, I wasn't. Gu- I wasn't going to say that, but yes. I'm not threatening it. I'm saying, given the opportunity, I, no, there are people. You're in, right. The people who visited Charlottesville. Right. Right. And mar- being married to a white woman isn't going to. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, she's under some heat yeah, too say. with January 6th. So um, let me let me clear. Let me make you feel just a little bit better. Right. Clarence Thomas is still a sitting Supreme Court justice. Right. Justice Alito, who wrote this opinion, had this to say. The Solicitor General suggests that overruling Roe and Casey would threaten the protection of other rights under the Due Process Clause. The court emphasizes that this decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. No, and I understand that. So I'm, he but put the that mere in there. fact that that we have someone on no, the Supreme yeah. Court that right. thinks this way, that wants us to be in the handmaid's tell, right. that wants to take away contraception. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the I, contra- I'm telling you that they're, they're, the, the Republican Party be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, whoa. I find it hard to believe that Clarence Thomas has never had his used a condom with his mistress. Yeah, he's, like, he's a pretty skeezy guy. He almost didn't get on because he right. was a freaking rapist, right, or something. Yeah, I he, did, the he whole, had allegations. I mean. Yeah. I Like, come on, man. What is his deal? I just. I think that he was. I like guarantee he was in the majority opinion that decided for Hobby Lobby. Remember that case? Oh, yeah, of course. That they, they, they don't have to provide insurance for birth control. Because some people, some people believe that life begins at... Semen? Not... Balls? No, they won't go to semen because they want to be able to masturbate. Okay. But they will say um, at uh, conception. As soon as the... Not even conception. As soon as the egg is fertilized. Conception is when it... I am, could be wrong. I could be wrong. But my understanding is conception when a fertilized egg attaches to the uterine wall. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of steps that have to happen. First, the sperm has to meet the egg. Then a bunch of shit, weird shit happens, and it attaches just, the uterine wall. There are some between birth, a sperm and an egg? There are some... Well, here's the problem. There <laughs> I mean, are some birth controls that block um, an egg from being fertilized. Right. There are some birth controls, like uh, most IUDs, that simply stop it from attaching to the uterine wall. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that someone has committed murder by not allowing a fertilized egg to attach to the wall, I'm a mass murder. Then you also haven't you're not you would never know if this like you would I guess you could know if a woman was trying to get pregnant and mm-hmm. it didn't work 
and they had sex at the right time, you could be like, oh, that's horrible. Then why don't you have a gravestone for that fertilized egg that didn't attach? <laughs> Run out of cemetery plots. <laughs> well, I, I, I've I made actually, this. Uh, I have uh, out I've, back, I've got one for every scene. <laughs> I've, <made this, laughs> I've made this argument before. It's getting very expensive. <laughs> which is, you know, they'll, they'll put numbers about how many thousands or millions of abortions take place. Right. And they'll say, you know, that's 60 million children murdered. I'm like, if you really thought that these children were being murdered, like, I at least have respect for someone who bombs an abortion clinic <laughs> because at least they actually did something to stop the murder that they believe is happening. You, I know you don't believe that because if you did believe that and aren't doing something like that, then you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> if you think that children are being murdered actively and you are not fighting to the death for you're as bad as the Uvalde police. <laughs> You're as bad as if you really. That's how I know you don't believe that this is murder. Because if you did, and you didn't do something, you're as bad as the Uvalde police. You would you would be doing, you would be killing these doctors actively. You'd be killing these escorts in the parking lot that escort these women to the right. Right. I'm not advocating for any of this, but I'm saying if you genuinely believe this is murder and you're not doing something about it, then you're just you're just in your opinion you're just letting a Holocaust happen every day. Right. There's a cost on my towel every day. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I did see in uh, Utah's uh, pro li- pro whatever um, leader or whatever said, "There's going to be three thousand more babies in Utah every year now." That's like the first thing we need, isn't like, it? Like, okay, really? Holy like shit. And first of all, no, unlikely. I- Second of all, um. What, are you gonna? Who's gonna pay for them? No. You know, it's well, like, and I'll tell you why it's unlikely. So, Doctor Webster made a very good point. Which, um, let me go back to this message real quick, because he said women will find a way to stop a pregnancy. I believe a woman is resourceful. Sure, they're gonna find a way, but are they gonna die? Are they gonna hemorrhage like these two women he's had to treat? Right? Are they gonna use a coat hanger? Are they gonna do something else to try and hurt the baby that that hurts them? Probably. Right? I. So, well, no, I don't think we're going to have any more. What we're going to have is a lot more pregnant women die or get hurt. Well, and the statistics, we're really good with that now, and that'll show within, yeah. you know, a year. But I would glad – I don't know if there's an abortion clinic, a Planned Parenthood in Wendover, but there should be because I will gladly drive anyone right. out there. That is the closest one, huh? I'll, I'll, I'll even be armed if you want me to. Jeez. <laughs> like, no, th- this is bullshit. You know, I just Brian Stubbs, our friend Brian Stubbs, posted. Uh, I don't know if he if he wrote this out or took it from somewhere. And uh, we've heard all this stuff before, but it is true. Policies people believe will reduce abortions, banning abortions, versus policies that actually reduce abortions, access to free contraceptive, comprehensive sex education, universal health care, paid family leave, welfare funding. Ending housing and security, closing the wage gap, and funding education are all things that have been shown statistically to reduce abortion in many states yep. are all things that are opposed. Welcome to the minority in it's, Utah, it's, Stubbs. It's so, I'm glad. It's so weird. They're like, banning guns won't do anything. <laughs> That's such a good thing. Banning point. guns will not do oh, anything. Oh, my Lord. Banning abortions will. That's such a great point. I don't... Abortions don't kill babies. <laughs> babies... People kill babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
man, we got to make a t-shirt out of that <laughs> shit. So we got to think of the same kind of slogan, right? Guns right. don't kill people, people kill people. Abortions don't kill babies. <laughs> Abandoning abortions would do no... In fact, we should have more abortions. <laughs> If we you need give, like, we need like two. We need like two. If you abortions give the doctors abortions, they'll be able to. <laughs> They're the ones who can defend against non-abortion, right? With abortion, it's just the and I don't know. Maybe the Democrats, the left, does this this stuff all the time too, and I just don't catch it. But there's just so much hypocrisy in, in their opinions all the time that I see. Maybe I'm just blind. But no, listen. There I mean, is, there is. I can't tell you how sides. many posts I see on you know social media. Oh, oh, there's a sign that says "No guns allowed," so I guess that means no that guns. Just tells your, the shooter. No, nothing's gonna happen there. <laughs> and this is the same. It's the same thing. Well, there's a sign that says "No abortions," but I've got this coat hanger. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> just. Oh no. I don't know. That's man. a fantastic analogy. Oh man, I love it. That you know the. There is hypocrisy on both sides. It just so happens that the hypocrisy on the right is far more damaging, right? I mean, sure, you're sending this back to the states. So you're essentially what you're saying is that the states' rights mm -hmm. are more important than the individuals. Well, we've had this argument before in the 1800s of something <laughs> about slavery. Or right. I don't know. States' rights. It was about states' rights. It was though, something, not... something about states' rights. Yeah, it was nothing else. Because he's Alito brings up uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, which was that kept segregation, and then Brown versus the Board of Education overturned that. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm like, right, states' rights. If if you would let the states' rights continue, then they would have continued to have segregation. But Brown versus the Board of Education made it federal protection. So, right, what you're saying, you're arguing against yourself here, bro. Right. You know, but no, what he's saying, what he's making an argument for there is it's okay to overturn precedent. Because look what we did for racism. <laughs> that's that's his argument. It's silly. It's uh, amazing. I'm like, I never thought I would read something. It's like, all this is is a carefully, a carefully worded, not even carefully worded. It's just a uh, someone with good, um, like diction, good linguistics, mm -hmm. wrote the opinion of like a ninth grade seminary student. <laughs> That's what it looks like, right? And I know that Alito probably didn't write most of this. No, of course not. But it's still... Anyway. <laughs> um, we've got two things here you want to talk about before the break, or you want to hold on to those? Oh, no, we can talk about Matt Gates for sure. Okay? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> this is funny, and I hate this fucking guy. Um... January 6th committee today had someone in the Trump admin um, testifying. And se so here it is. Several other aides confirmed that Gates asked for a pardon. Okay. Lots of them did. It would become public two months after Trump left off office uh, that Gates was reportedly under investigation for alleged sexual trafficking. Uh, <laughs> the aide goes on to say, I know we had asked for it, but I don't know if you ever received one or what happened with it. Uh, the general tone was, we may get prosecuted because we're defensive of you, you know, the, of the president's position on these things. Right. The pardon that he was discussing was a, as broad as you can describe. Quote, from the beginning of time up until today, <laughs> up until today, for any and all things. You know what's really funny is I don't even I, I doubt these senators even realize that you get pardoned for federal crimes. The <laughs> right, state can still go after yeah. you. They'll yeah. just be like, oh. 
child trafficking, okay, not federally, but hey, uh, Florida's going to go after you. So you're <laughs> right. going to end up in a right. Florida jail. This aide, uh, but Matt probably doesn't know that. He thinks that the president's all powerful. No, yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. This aide named five other House Republicans who sought pardons. Uh, Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Louis Gomert of Texas, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, and Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. Wow, all the dumbest, yeah. dumbest senators. Oh, and, and I was actually going to talk. That was the question I was going to ask you, huh. which that's okay. because I said I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, if you had the ear of the president, mm-hmm. would you consider, let's say you were in a room. Okay. And everyone's asking for pardons, <laughs> and he's just signing them all. Would you consider asking for one just out of principle? For what? <laughs> That's what I mean. Unless he can pardon my federal debt. That's what I mean. If he can do that, then hell yeah. Because the, <laughs> because this is what Republicans will say. Right. They'll just say, well, of course. I mean, who wouldn't ask? It's not like you can pardon one free murder. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, pardon language is funny. It's very... Mm-hmm. Sweeping and it's it's very uh, like godlike, right? You know, like you read pardon language, you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, like fuck no. So I'm just thinking, like, let's see, if I was in the room, let's say I was in there with a bunch of buddies, and I'm good friends with the president, I'm kind of a sycophant, <laughs> and everybody's getting these pardons. I might be like, hey, will you, you sign this one too? Yeah, I'm like, no, I, I don't think I would because for what? Well, if like I, your response to that question is exactly my point. I guess I would like rob a bank or something <laughs> and hope that the state doesn't go after Listen, me. Listen, <laughs> I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> Hold that pen. Keep that pen warm. I'll I'm be right go, back. I got to go to the federal treasury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all your plates. Yeah. Actually, will you just post-date this part and make this whole thing easier? Just You didn't sign this till Monday. <laughs> like a check. Don't cash this till Monday. Uh, yeah, your answer is exactly what I'm talking about. Would you ask for a pardon if everybody else in the room was? And your answer was, for what? That is exactly right. I mean, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to have done something. Right. To, these, these people, the people, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they keep calling people cowards. These people are the biggest right. cowards you ever met. They realize they're screwed up. And that they're idiots, yeah. and they're like, oh, I don't want to go to jail. Ah! <laughs> Made a huge mistake, uh, you know. And the, they they cower in front of of their their Christ, and they ask for for pardon. Oh, it's amazing, good analogy. It's embarrassing, man. Yeah. Republican Jim G Y M Jordan of Ohio uh, also asked for an update on whether the high, White House is going Seriously, to pardon these members are of Congress. The dumbest he senators. Didn't, he didn't personally ask for one. But he was waiting for everybody in the room to get theirs. That's what he was you waiting let for. Let me know when you get yours, and I'll <laughs> see if I can get mine. Yeah, the freaking Associated Press. Hey, is Matt, in here, did, man. You, did you did uh, you you get your pardon? Did you get the pardon? You know, for the sex 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 stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jim Jordan, he's going to go to jail in Ohio anyway for uh, none of these people ever abuse. go to jail. There's never they never go to jail. <sighs> it's true. It's really annoying. It's true. I do wonder. So I mean, I know it's hard to imagine that. People like people like us will never have our mind changed about Trump, and there are also Trumpers who will never have their mind changed about Trump. Right. I'm curious about those people in the middle, which they're they're there. Right. You know, just look at a Mike Lee and Evan McMullen poll. You'll know they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just curious if this January 6th is having any any sway at all. 
I some mean, of this shit is you what? Uh, this is worse than Watergate. Like it's so groundbreaking. It, the I would hope it's swaying the middle people. Yeah, it's telling us things that we kind of already know. Right. Uh, but it's laying them out in such fine detail. I think that if you watch the first day and you watch the body cam footage that we hadn't really seen yet, yeah, I think that's enough right there to be oh, like, oh, scary shit. I don't think these people should allow uh, be allowed to be side with Blue Lives Matter anymore no. because they. No. Frankly, the blue has no one on their side right now. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, because the January 6th watches that video and they're like, well, should, shouldn't have been there. Cops shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have opened the gate. Why did he open the gate down there then? You know? I just, the, I think we talked about this last episode. My favorite part, well, all the all the people, after everything Donald had done for us. Yeah, what the hell, man? After everything he did, he came down and he, he asked me to be there personally. He, he, he got nailed to a cross and forgave us of all our sins and like what are you talking about like i can't point to a president in, in my lifetime that's done enough for me that no presidents don't do anything and that's one of the, the fact that we still put so much emphasis right. on presidents no today today the this ruling the supreme court should show you that state governments way more your important. local governments are where if you want to see yeah. change that's where it needs to happen and remember remember andrew badger who is running against Blake Moore in our district here in Ogden, is the one who said, uh, Blake Moore is an idiot Republican. He believes in climate change. Yeah, I know. That's, those are the people who will decide whether or not abortion is legal in the state for women. Yeah. Among and other things. There are people who don't use toilet paper. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, man. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. When you start reading more and more about the local officials, especially representatives, you're like, this fucker was just unemployed. That's can the only we, reason he ran. Can we attach rockets to the moon? <laughs> That's Louis Gomert. Dude. Oh. And change the orbit. At least he believes in climate change. Oh my. All right, let's take a break. Okay. Uh, when we come back... Oh, I forgot we had the song on here. You know what? Before we go to break, in case people take the opportunity ah, to turn yeah. away, we have a new uh, show. I, couldn't, I haven't been able to book us one in July, but I did get us one. August 12th. In August, August 12th, at uh, the Boardwalk again. In Orem. In Orem. Um, Seven-ish, probably. Yeah. Like open the so, doors around. <laughs> I was reading the flyer, and it's it's there's four bands or four groups, and so we're either second or third. <laughs> I, I know. It, it wasn't <laughs> very clear. I'm not sure. Normally, normally when you do a flyer like that, the headliner uh, right. is first, and then we're second. I so, like. The, but it could be. I like either way. Yeah. I'm I like our position because you don't want to be last, right? Because everyone leaves, and you don't want to be first. I so, frankly, I love the ambiguity of that flyer. Yeah, like, if you want to see the band, you don't know when they're playing. That's true. Except for us, you could be like they're second or third, and then right. the other band that is either second right. or third. So uh, yeah, um, Rejected we were told off. we didn't give people enough warning last time. Right. So uh, we will be attempting to play a new song or newer. Well, it's actually it's, it's been a year. It's new to you. We it's, just barely learned it. It's like a used uh, car. It's new to you. <laughs> yeah. And we'll play this song uh, that you're hearing right now. Yeah, and it will be better than the last show. Yeah, it'll be fun for various reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when we come back, we have um, random headlines, which I'm going to do at old school and just pull them straight from the site. And then I want to talk about custom hats and maybe burkas. So all that and 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 more. Well, no, not more. That's it. <laughs>
Meanwhile, Tobias had arranged an audition for a local commercial. Lindsay came along to appear supportive. This could take a while. Honey, it's one line. <laughs> Not if I do my job right. First of all, I love it. Quick question, though. Am I panicked about the fire, or am I being brave for everyone else? The fire. It, it's, it's a fire sale. Oh! <laughs> okay, I didn't, um... Well, let's give it a shot. Oh, my God! We're having a fire sale! Oh, the burning! Children! Oh, oh May! This isn't a fever! Sing great! Can't even see where the knob is! Ugh. And scene. Um. Would you like to try that a little simpler, maybe? No. This is the Outtake Podcast. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you these random headlines. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that clip. <laughs> I think it's going to be from Arrested Development. Fair uh, enough. Which I, it's, have you watched Arrested Development? Yeah. I watch it every year around this time and... <laughs> Every time I find early summer, every time I find new things that are just yeah, uh, it's such a funny show, man. It's David great. Cross is so hilarious in it. <laughs> I, every once in a while, the line "I blew myself" <laughs> pops into my mind. Just the other day, I was like, "I blew just myself." Saw, just saw that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I watched the one. Uh, um, he's talking to to jo- or my uh, uh, George Michael here about. Have sex with this girl right now. No, that sounds a bit racy. Okay, he may be afraid of sex, but you're not going to win without it. No, I'm not afraid of sex. Oh, good. Have sex with this girl right now. <laughs> Do it. Go. Get in there. Have some sex with her right now. I didn't think so. And you need to decide. Then he says, you need to decide if you're going to have it with a male or a female. And he says, I know what I would choose. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I've never caught that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh man, funny. have you ever watched his stand up? Yeah, it is brutal. Yeah, it is it's brutal. He does not like religion. No, or <laughs> or God or, or conservatism. Or, no, yeah. which you know, whatever. No, it's, uh, it's good. It's hilarious. I like it. No, I like the points he's. But making. I understand why yeah. people don't go to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he was talking. To, I watched a clip where he was talking about gun rights. Right. And he was talking about like a conservative senator holding his dead child. Right. And saying, well, it's a small price to pay. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, dude. I like his bit on the, the beginning of religion. Yeah. Where he's like, there's a big guy. <laughs> it used to beat up the little guys. And one day he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, I, I got to find it. I'm going to pull it up. There you go. There you I'm go. I'm going to pull it up while I read these random headlines. Have you found, have you ever watched uh, The Invention of Lying with Ricky Gervais? No. That's a good one that has echoes of religion it's oh, hilarious it's funny too it's hilarious and it's but yeah he basically no one lies in this world and he's the first one <laughs> and so he starts to tell people all these lies like there's a man in the sky who told me 
to be nice to everyone. <laughs> he slowly <laughs> becomes like Jesus. Anyway, it's pretty funny. Wait, oh, is that on Netflix? I think so. Probably. Okay. Anyway, random headlines. Oh, he has a bit on Mormonism? That must be new. I don't know. It's not. David Cross? Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> YouTuber. This one's for you. Why? Do I? Do? You can break this record. Okay. YouTuber breaks world records for chugging. Records? Well, yeah. There's two records, but one of them is tomato juice. The, which, which I know you enjoy a tomato juice every now and then. You know, when I lost my taste with COVID, I did drink a shit ton of V8. Really? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get my veggies in. could have had a V8. <laughs> but not only did he break the record for chugging tomato juice, he also broke the record for chugging your favorite beverage. Urine? Now, oh. He now had, well, the same color. He now has diabetes, and he's going <laughs> to die any day. But uh, So tomato juice and Mountain Dew. I don't think it was together, but... Oh, man. Oh, I just gagged a little when well, you said together. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever tried it? Maybe it's like a crazy good cocktail or something. The fastest time to drink one liter of soda and the fastest time to drink one liter of tomato sauce. Just a liter? Not even two liters? Well, it's a speed trial. It's not necessarily a quantity trial. I feel like that could be broken easily. Let's see. Can we do it right now? Oh, my gosh. No. Did you read this? No. Keep reading. Okay. Uh, Eric Badlands Booker, based out of Long Island, took on the records for fastest time to drink one liter. Where can you buy a liter of anything? Well, the two bottles are one liter. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh, and the fastest time to drink one liter tomato. This is tomato sauce. Oh, that's gross. Okay, so it's not. The headline says tomato juice, but this is tomato sauce. Oh, it does say sauce. Huh. Yep. Booker drank his liter of Mountain Dew in 6.8 seconds. Holy shit. I don't feel like that's that long. Let's pause I've for 6.8 uh, seconds. Ready? Zero, one, two. Three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven. Right there. That's a liter. You know, that would burn. I Have you seen like the I Sprite could, Challenge? I feel like I could do that. 6.8 I seconds? I feel like I could do that. I feel like you could do the tomato sauce. I now, say they call it juice in this next paragraph. Keep going. Um, he finished. Okay, Booker Drink is Mountain Dew in 6.8 seconds and his liter of tomato juice in one minute, 18 seconds. <laughs> That's, That's funny, the difference. Why do they call it juice here and sauce up there, though? I want to know. Is tomato juice that hard to drink? I don't, I don't know. Like I, how, how did it go from 6.8 seconds to 78 seconds? Oh, look. He actually holds another record. Did you see this one? Booker competitive. Uh, he's always a competitive eater, ranked 23rd by Major League Eating. MLE, man. It's the MLE. <laughs> I didn't even- do they have a red? I white? knew. I knew there was competitive eating. Okay. I did not know that it was called the Hang MLE. On a second. Hang on, because you are a graphic designer. I want to see their logo. Yes. Is it like? Is it blue? Dude, is it, it is blue it and, is. and red with a guy shoving a. Look, it's got fork. Oh my god, you're right. That is fantastic. <laughs> Only difference was I would replace the fork with a hot dog. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, or a or a pie or something. <laughs> Someone made that logo. <laughs> Someone got paid. Someone was paid. Look, I mean, it is trademarked in everything. Someone, hey, I need you to make a logo for me. <laughs> it's going to be big. It's a major, major sport. It's a major, oh, it's a major do league. Do I need to design the logo for, for the Major League Soccer or NBA? Oh, n- not that major. <laughs> major League <gasps> eating. Oh, what? Okay, so he can also he also has the fastest time to drink two liters of soda. 
when he be- uh, down the beverage in 18.45 seconds. Man, that's so that, fast. that adds quite a bit of time, though, to his per liter. That's true. It's more per liter. It's about uh, three seconds slower. Do you think that he shakes it? Is it legal to shake it and get the fizz out? I bet you Guinness has a rule. I don't know. Maybe they but pour with, it. with competitive eating though. You can do all sorts of That's weird true. stuff, like wet your hot dog and maybe they pour. It, well, see, this picture on YouTube shows it in a cup, which is probably easier than a bottle. Oh, I'd do the bottle, man. Just turn it upright. Well, no, because then this way he gets all the air. You'd have to like. Oh, it's got a video of him doing it. Oh, he has. To, oh, he's. He has to pour it Why out. Why is he pouring into? He's pouring into a measuring cup. Oh, they have to measure it first. He smells it. Oh, he's he he, he uses two 20 ounce bottles. Okay, he's at two liters. This guy's not a healthy man. <laughs> he definitely has. No diabetes. man, he's sweating. Look at he's sweating drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> there's, there's hot lights. I feel like I could do this. I feel like I could do this. Well, I mean. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm go gonna, I'm sh- gonna get a two liter tonight. Go get a, a a zero sugar. I've, you know, I've got, I've got diet coke here right now. Dude, coke would burn. I can do it. I mean, you can try. We're, we'll we'll finish this up. We're gonna pause this and we're gonna do it. Six point eight seconds. I think Watch I can do, him this. do it. Go fast forward. Oh my to where gosh, it it's it. tomato sauce. This is tomato sauce. Oh my gosh, it's so thick. <laughs> that is disgusting. Oh, he's gonna die. Oh, this is so gross. Oh, man, it's a great TikTok sound. That sentence you just said, <laughs> it's so thick. <laughs> he's going to die. <laughs> oh, oh, he's using a straw. He's using a straw. He's sucking it like it's a, like it's a, like it's a dick. <laughs> I love how you paused twice. You hesitated twice. Oh, oh, he's going at it. Oh, I don't know if this man is. Is heterosexual or, or not, but man, I'd let him. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting strategy, oh, Cotton. We'll oh, see if it pays the off. Movement. The movement. Oh, that is so gross. Seriously, it's actually it, it's reminding me of porn. I can't watch this anymore. Oh, I just saw the do one. Yeah, that's not so bad. I don't know. Dude, no, no. You, the, the burning. I it would burn it. so bad. All right, we can try it. We're going to try We can try it. I don't know if I have that big of a measuring cup though well you can go from the bottle i think it's easier to go i, d- I have all i have is 20 ounces though or like, like 19 ounces in order to to drain a one liter bottle in six seconds you'd have to squeeze it and i don't think you can swallow that fast well we'll have to see how fast i can drink a a 12 ounce then do the math w- whatever the what i've got in there bottle wise right. anyway um squirrel a squirrel knocks out power to 3,000 in downtown Asheville, North Carolina. They've got a picture of a very uh, distraught squirrel. He's shocked. He's surprised that he did this. Is he dead? I Let's see. A North Carolina utility company said a squirrel was to blame for a power outage that affected more than 3,000 customers. Duke Energy said uh, 3,000 customers in downtown area of Asheville, including multiple businesses and government buildings, lost power Wednesday morning when a squirrel came into ta- contact with some wiring. He's dead. Is he? He's got to be dead. You're not going to survive I, that. I don't know, because I've had a bird <laughs> chew through a wire, create a massive spark, and be okay. Yeah, but coming into... The like- bird's beak was a little black. <laughs> But like biting through a little like yeah, 110 yeah. volt, yeah, is different than coming into contact with the outage led facilities. Kind of blah blah blah. blah. 
He doesn't say. They just blamed it on a squirrel. They don't even know. <laughs> they just didn't How wanna, do they know? They just didn't want to look incompetent. How could just be a squirrel just hanging out over there that just happened to die Came of squirrel, contact with squirrel some AIDS or something? I don't know. Because birds can get shocked on power lines if they touch they two to at touch the same. both, though. Right. But so a squirrel could be on the pole if it's not insulated. Well, that's what saved my bird is that it was it didn't it, it chewed through just one of the wires. Oh yeah, it didn't hit the other side. Right. Which, well, but there's mean? all that's only that same thing though. You could you can touch a, a a plug right now. Right. And it make your body feel weird. You touch the power line, you die. Right. Hmm. Randy would know the voltage. Yeah, that's true. Who knows, man? There's like a hundred thousand volts in a. It's all about amps, though. <laughs> it, only, it only takes like a half an amp to kill a human. Half an amp? That, yeah, that's why the voltage in like tasers is misleading. Because it's, it's like 50,000 volts, but it's like a quarter of an amp. Oh. A half an amp will stop your heart. Jeez. I don't understand. It's ohms and amps. It's something about, you know, I don't know. Um, a dog. Um... A Kansas couple, com, ugh, sorry, a Kansas couple vacationing in Las Vegas said their dog escaped from a pet hotel, which I guess is what we're calling kennels now, <laughs> and ran two miles to their home when he triggered their doorbell. Oh, that's a long. So way. they're on vacation, and they're they see their ring camera and the dog is on it. That's awesome. I think this is it right here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Pooch. Pooch. Come on, Inside Edition. You got to come up with a better... You got to do punny. Okay, lady, you're not very good at making... You're, you're no... You're no... K-Dub... Dubs, you know... You got to... You got to do some punny news here, like... The dog had a rough night as he trekked two miles home. <laughs> <laughs> Homeward this, bound. This isn't local news. It's Inside Edition. Only local news does <laughs> does news puns, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, rough there should night. should be a ton. That's so easy. Just off the One top of my head. One dog had a rough night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember As he what? trekked homeward bound. Remember we did that? And that yeah. We found so many puns in that so one many. story about the train pulling in front of the bikes. <laughs> I got to find that story again. Uh, Jeremy said he and his wife, Sarah, dropped off their dog, whose name is Dexter, at the pet hotel before traveling to Vegas when their phones informed them, ring doorbell, camera detected motion, they were shocked to see the canine. <laughs> you got to work it in. Is it like a... If it's a story about a dog, you got to work is the canine. Is that like a prop... Like, we're not offended... Like, what? I, I think it's just a, another way to you make know, the story This is the same news site as last time. Maybe they're just big on the word canine. Yeah. UPI.com. Uh, Henson said Dexter jumped six-foot fence and a four-foot retainer fence to escape from the boarding facility. Six-foot fence? Yeah. Damn. The couple contacted the pet hotel who sent a van. <laughs> <laughs> and he ran right into the vehicle and jumped inside and was taken back and it's like shit killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be put down. <laughs> There's no escaping. <laughs> no, you will go to sleep, but I will put you to sleep. Uh, That's like in the in the contract. If your pet escapes, we have to put it down within 24 hours. <laughs> That's only funny if you listen to the last episode. Just so. <laughs> That's a throwback. Every story, every story that we had was uh, yeah. You got to put it down, and they had to put them down. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Is All that right. three stories? I think so. Some Oregon guy he broke a record for alphabetizing soup. All right, that is dumb. Yeah. Still, same thing. 
No LEDs on outhouses. Oh, this you know is the alphabet. dumb. He took a he took a thing of alphabets and he had to pull pull them out and put them on a little map. Why is that a record? Why <laughs> that's dumb? Like why why do what? Who thinks you know what I can do? I'm really good at the alphabet. I'm really good at, <laughs> at alphabet soup and a plate of I like why? Oh wait, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't like soup cans. He like he had no, alphabet no, no. soup. No, and had to put the letters. Yeah, in. There's a bowl of alphabet soup here. And then there's a map of all the letters, and there are st- are sloppy, gross pieces of A, B. He shouldn't be allowed to map it. That's you should be able to see what the letter is in any orientation and put it in order. Yeah, that's got to be a different record. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, I told you before we started. I said I got something to tell you. Oh yeah, I'm dead serious about this. Ashley and I are highly considering a move to Texas, and I'm dead serious. I wouldn't have considered it, but once again, Kurt was in town, Uh and he lives in Texas. He's also lived up in Oregon, and I said, hey, I need to talk to you about moving out of the state, because I told you I was kind of considering, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We loved it up in the PNW. It was beautiful. He's like, but honestly, we're considering just settling here in Texas. Mm. And I was like, no. No, I mean, because Kurt's like, he's he's like me. He's like a liberal guy, right? Well, Austin's a little different. He doesn't live in Austin. He lives in um, near, near Killeen, mm-hmm. so in between Austin and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. San Antonio. Um, so I started looking at houses there. It's just like the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Super cheap. It's because no one wants to live there. <laughs> but I you need to stop trying to move. Listen, it's stressing me out. But I don't you're, want. You're to, keeping me up at night with this. Listen, I don't want to live here anymore. Well, so, you, you read through the Texas Republican Party agenda and maybe... I, you, have you read Utah's? <laughs> it cannot be worse than... It's... it's Than Texas's. Listen. Religious state. It's bad. What? It's Did re- you just say religious no, state? No, no, no. It's like... It's really bad. <laughs> you gotta read it. But... I will, So I thought... I did... Listen, I thought about this a lot. Okay? Uh-huh. Not a lot. A little. Yeah. And I said, Beto almost won... The Senate seat Why against is that? Ted Texas Cruz. Texas needs to take their state and back. And Beto might beat Greg Abbott, which means that Texas is actually way more purple than Utah is purple. Could be. Uh, Austin's pretty liberal. Dallas is getting that way. I mean, look how close Beto was to beating Ted Cruz. Well, Ted Cruz is a piece of But human the Republicans garbage. love him. They love pieces of shit. And that's true. Like, he is the highest polling piece of shit. Well, you just need to stop telling me about it because it's stressing me out. But you can... causing anxiety. You can come with me for at least a couple years. I'm not moving back to Texas because it is a miserable... Well, where... The the heat there... I can't even explain how awful it is. But you hate winter. I do, but (laughs) I hate the humidity even more. And you know what's what's crazy is the humidity makes it colder there than it is here. (laughs) But you don't have to go outside. It doesn't matter. That's the thing about Texas is it's humid inside. It's humid everywhere. Well, I know, Your balls will never dry out. <laughs> so you will need once again powder. Kurt asked me about or not asked me. Kurt told me. Yeah. He's like, I didn't think I'd get used to the humidity. I was there day one unpacking some stuff. I was pouring sweat. The guys moving him in were kind of, you know, they're, they're used to it a little bit. Mm, right. Yeah. He's like, but you, you kind of, you know, you acclimate. Yeah. And, and now then you go somewhere that doesn't have it, and you're like, oh, man. Oh, this is so much better. But I, I don't know how much longer I can afford to live here. 
What are you talking about? Your house is it's it's just as expensive to live in Texas. No, it's not. Are you serious? That's what I'm saying. The property tax no, no. there makes up for the property tax is not the value of your house. I'm just saying, <laughs> like it's not that much. The property tax is what maybe seven Plus, points higher. Your house is you got it when it was cheap. That wasn't that long ago, man. I know. And it's just going to continue to go, which means the cost of living will continue to go. Well, and I'm not making any everywhere. more fucking money. No, it's not in these other places that I keep telling you about. It's not going up in Texas. It's not going up in the Northeast. It's it's not happening. I don't know, man. It's going up, but I not nearly at this clip. Well, like, I will continue is... to selfishly convince you not to leave because... If you leave, then I won't have any friends. <laughs> that's not true, because first of all, you told me that's why you're staying here. Well, you said I have friends most and family. Of my family, and I like living here. I like my job. And I but you, like, do not want to live here. Literally, my best friend lives in Dallas. An hour ago. I would rather live here. An hour ago, you were like, my job doesn't pay me anything. Yeah, it doesn't, but I still love it. It doesn't pay me enough. You can get the same job in Texas. I could. I, I could work for Southwest or American easily. You could work remote for SkyWest. I don't know. I don't think they'd go for that. But we'll maybe. see. Plus, we'll see. If I was going to move Just to Texas, I would try to work for American or Southwest. <laughs> Nothing is permanent. You see, this is the difference, though. Yeah. You lived in Texas. I did. Doesn't, Twenty years. I've never lived anywhere but here. That's true. You've never. So please, for God's sake, move to Texas with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My best friend Louise convinced me to move to Utah. And you're kind of up and you're 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 pretty close at this point. I, you could uh, you could try convincing me. I'm going to continue to try. But but I don't know, man. Kurt's there and he's like, we like it. He's got he's got kids my kids' age, and I trust his opinion. You know what? Let's use our flight benefits. Let's fly to Austin, drive to Kurt, and just spend some time. Plus, we can even go in the dead of summer don't if you forget want. Forget about. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, to convince me. Oh. But Kurt has a pool. He's like, you get a house with a pool. then, And I'm looking, and I'm like, just with the equity in my house, I can buy a house with oh, a pool. Man, Killeen is a shitty place to live. I can buy a house with a pool cash and not have a mortgage. I don't know, man. And you could buy a house with the equity you have in this one with a smaller mortgage. Yeah, I doubt it. The mortgage rate right now with the the... If I were to have bought this house now, I wouldn't be able to afford it. Do you know what percentage, what rates were like in like the 80s? Yeah, I'm just... They were like 13%. I'm just saying that People, I don't think I could buy a house again at this point. I'm kind of stuck. No, you could do it. This, this It's just expensive here. It's expensive. It's true. It's getting pretty annoying. Um. Well, thanks. You'll keep me up another night here stressing about my future. You are more than welcome to come. Oh, I was going to talk to you about France. Oh yeah, real, real quick because this is an interesting story. I, I'm confused by it. Okay, France rules against burkini swimwear. Now the burkini is the full body mm-hmm. swimwear for those who practice Islam for religious reasons. Okay, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting headline. Let's Wait, look and see. So they ruled against. Yeah, just hear me out. Okay, France's top administrative court ruled Tuesday against allowing body covering burkini swimwear in public schools. I'm sorry, <laughs> public pools for religious reasons, arguing that it violates the principle of government neutrality toward religion. Did you follow that? They are against allowing the burkini. Against what? allowing, effectively banning it. 
But they, I thought they already did this. They did, and it it created storms, so they laid off. Oh, and they're bringing it back? Yeah. So here, here it is. The city of Grenoble, led by mayor from the Greens Party, voted last month to allow women to wear burkinis in public pools after campaigning by local activists. The city also voted to allow women to swim topless as part of the broader relaxation of swimmer rules. So this mayor's like, you can swim topless, you can swim in a burkini. I don't care. Right. Okay? But the Council of State upheld a move Tuesday saying in a statement that Grenoble vote was made to satisfy a religious demand and harms the neutrality of public services. So he's this guy, the mayor is like, I don't care what you wear. You can be nude. You can have a burkini. I don't care. Yeah. And the top court is saying, no, no, no. You can't wear a burkini. It's so weird. I know. So I had to read it a few times. <laughs> the Grenoble mayor argued that women should be able to wear what they want and express their religious conviction in pools like in the street. Opponents of the burkini, who include local officials from the far right but also the left, argued that the swimmer represents the oppression of women and a potential gateway to Islamic radicalism. So then they show their cards. If you, if so, you're wearing that, first, here's two things. If you're wearing that swimwear, a burkini, one, it's because a man forced you to. Right. And two, it means that you're going to bomb buildings. So that's buildings. their argument is that right. they're trying to make it sound more liberal by <laughs> saying you're, it's oppressing women when in reality it's prop. well, I don't know. It's hard right. to say, but... Huh. A feminist group um, leader, her name is uh, Fatima Bent, uh, she said, while some women are forced by male relatives to cover themselves, mm -hmm. she said Muslim women are not homogenous. French authorities look at Muslim women through a single prism. She blamed a leftover colonial era fixation with the body of Muslim women by politicians who want to control them. Now, I, I kind of got to agree with, with her here. I don't understand... I don't understand telling a... Like, how is it more freedom to tell a woman she can't wear a burkini? There, sure, you might have some. I feel like they're passing a law trying to disguise it as being progressive, right? But it's not. It's super weird, right? Like, also, why are there any laws about what you can wear? Period. <laughs> That's really dumb. No, it is weird. Like, I don't know. I just have it's like a weird one. Like. You, know, you can't wear it because if you wear that, the next thing we know, you're going to be like putting the on only a suicide reason, vest. The only reason that we make people wear clothes as a law is because the only people that wouldn't wear clothes are the people you wouldn't want. <laughs> it's not like right. it's not like the best looking people are going to be walking around without clothes. It's going right. to be your Uncle Joe, who's 900 pounds, and you know. Uh, so Emmanuel Macron, the president there, he said the ruling was. Um, aimed at protecting Republican values from what his government calls the threat of religious extremism. I just don't... Listen, if you're going to have religious ex extremism, it's already there, bro. Yeah, it's not going to make what, a difference. What someone wears while they're at the we, city pool... We firmly believe that not allowing this will stop terrorism. <laughs> right. We've tried everything else. We've so. tried attacking it. We've lost in Afghanistan. Things haven't gone well. This is where the buck stops. We this made, is how we're going to fight terrorism. We made the mistake of siding with America again. <laughs> <laughs> America's never done anything for us. Shit, man. Uh, that's weird. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. I, this, like, I, I feel like this wouldn't even happen here. No. Yet. <laughs> you want to... You know, this would happen. They're going to force this women to wear... This would happen in Killeen, the... Texas. <laughs> well, I don't want to live in Killeen. I want to live 
near Colleen. There's nowhere near Colleen. Well, I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> it's a big, big state. It's a big state. Uh-huh. Hey, I've heard there's a nice spot in Waco. Hey, Waco's Some, actually a nice open town. Open land there. <laughs> Waco's a nice place. Got a bad rep because of one dude. I've Ambi- been actually, to Waco. Really, it is not a nice place. Really, it's because of the DEA. Yeah. Right? It's not because of Well, because I have been wanting Koresh. to start a religion, so I guess that would be... Not. Actually, I'd prefer the FLDS site. Where's they, that at? Colorado City. They probably <laughs> no, have, the one in Texas. Oh, they probably have something in, that's near the border uh, with Mexico. Are you sure? Yeah, remember because they a bunch of them were killed by a, a Mexican gang a couple years back. Oh yeah, uh, the Romneys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was really their name, wasn't it? I don't know. I just know the <laughs> Romneys do have his Mexican uh, heritage. Oh. <laughs> also, there's a joke about it in Arrested Development. Right, right. All right, cool. Um, well, that's uh, it. Well, I was real quick, since we're talking about hats, I'm wearing this new hat here. Yeah, I like and it. I've always worn these hats before, but my head is so big. And, you know, this isn't one of those things where I expect people to say, no, no, no. It is really big, big, and head. it's kind of weird shaped, and hats don't always fit it right. Because the hat will fit, but what hat makers don't typically do is make a bigger brim. So you've got this like tiny brim around this giant hat. Ah, but I, I found a hat maker on Amazon that makes extra large hats. So this brim is actually oversized. All right. It's bigger. Is this a custom hat? It's not custom. But it's big. But it's bigger. And okay. I like it. It yep. seems to be working. No, well. I like it. I told you earlier. It reminds me of Spencer. I used to wear these all the time. That's why. But they shrunk or something. I don't right. know. My head no, got your bigger. Head got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, uh, the other day, I, I was on TikTok and I saw a, uh, a video about custom hats. And right. the few, there are a few companies that still make like, like top hats. Yeah, custom cowboy like hats or hats, top yeah. hats or bucket hats. And uh, the whole process is cool. But what I found the most fascinating, I just sent you this video, mm. and I think you've seen it too is the contraption they use calls the, called the hat conformator. And I don't believe you can buy these new. <laughs> they are all super old, and they also look like ancient torture devices. Okay, let's look. But what it is, is it, it's a hat, and it has all these... Um, I think it's on. Turn my volume up there. Yeah, so there's a little, little piece of paper at the top that locks it, and then you put it on your head. Okay. And and there's all these little wooden things that conform to the to the, the on springs that conform to the piece the the roundness of your head. Okay. And then when you snap down, it punches the the things punch holes in like this a, little piece of paper. Almost like a stencil, but not really a stencil. Yeah, it's more of, of a of your oh, head. you know what it's like? It's like one of those the things with all the nails that you put your face in. Yeah, no, kind of. Nails is a sort bad of word. yeah. The little pins and it kind of outlines your but, face. But it, it it makes this tiny piece of paper up at the tiny top. Piece. It's a tiny diagram of your head, and I was like, well, how the hell does this work? Right. Then they put it in this other thing, and then they they move all these wooden blocks to fit the pattern, and and that becomes the mold for the hat. Right. So it fits your head like perfectly, like a glove. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look up look up hat. Conformator or Fromillion, isn't that what they called it a second ago? Yeah, it could be. Oh, uh, let's look. Um, and 
check four, out this four million yeah. this this piece of equipment that's like hundreds of years old or at least a hundred years old. It looks like something you'd find in uh, like. I uh, just can't believe how smart this technology is. Right. Like, like I don't. I would have never thought to come up with something like this. Yeah, like London Tower. Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks like something to squeeze someone's head with. It does look like torture, yeah. but it, it's really cool. It must fit just fantastic. I would assume. Huh. Anyway, custom hat making is one of those like kind of relaxing, cool things to watch on TikTok. <laughs> it's like a nature show. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. All right. Uh, long episode. I thought we'd had nothing, but uh, here oh, we are again. End, always ends up here. That we way. are. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, everybody. This today's show was uh, produced by Spencer and recorded by Spencer, and uh, I was uh, an assistant director. Um, you can find us at the Artek Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And TikTok or theartakepodcast.com where you can see some of Spencer's shirt designs and other merch. Go check it out for episode 129. I'm Brian. I'm Spencer. See you next time.